Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. Welcome into the Afternoons with Staffy podcast. It's always great to turn up to work on a Monday with so much good sport to talk about wins all over the place. The All Blacks, the Black Ferns, Hayden Wild, Shane Van Gisbergen, the Black Caps. Just an amazing day. An amazing couple of days was the weekend. So today on the show, um, Midday Madness, we talked about their performance from the All Blacks Admittedly, from Ian Foster, it was spluttering. It was a building block game, a combinations game. Um, and overall, people weren't that impressed with it. Having said that, mightily impressed with Japan. The Brave Blossoms were just that. So we dissected that performance in Midday Madness, uh, and we caught up with Corey Flynn, former all-black hooker himself, on what he'd made of the season, that match, and we drilled him about the hookers too. What does he think of the hookers we've got in the squad at the moment? Uh, George Worker, former Black Cap on the on the uh, T20 World Cup. And also he's part of the Auckland team, the Auckland Aces for the Plunkett Shield. We chatted a bit of that. We played the Vault, $200 of TAB bonus bets up for grabs there. Chalk to Matty White across the ditch. Um, SEN host over there. Bit of cross cross-nation rivalry, if you like. Uh, we revisited Show Me The Money. We had some ripping What's Making News items from Robinho sitting in for Sammy. And we had looked back in the day, a few discussions around uh, the Women's World Cup, a bit of Jake Paul versus Anderson Silva as well. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for listening. This is the Afternoon with Staffy Podcast. Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz. Here to get you through your workday. This is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. To a new week, a Monday, and what a weekend of sport we have had. So if you're in the chair, afternoons here on SENZ in association with our friends at Gull. They fuel your mission all year round. 
excuse me, clear the throat, a weekend of not talking. Um, good to be talking to you, though, team. 0800-150-811. We've got a lot to talk about. Got a lot to talk about. Mainly mainly the All Blacks, and I, I just mentioned to Sammy, actually, and also, just a quick note, big thank you to Sammy Hewitt for coming in off the bench. He was a bit like uh, Samasoni Tokiaho last night, wasn't expected to play this morning, and then got pulled in off the bench, put the boots on at very late notice, jumping in for Ricardo. And if you're listening, Ricardo, get well soon, champion. So, well done, Sammy, on no notice. Um, hosting the last three hours, which means I've got Captain Kate. And what do we call Robbie? Um, oh, he's Roberto? What do we call him, Captain K? Isn't he Rabinho? Oh, Rabinho. 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 We'll take that, the legendary footballer. Yeah, we've got Rabinho and Captain K in the in the hot house next door. It's been a hot house. Sam doesn't put the aircon on in here. It's about 28 degrees in the studio, so it's going to take a little while to cool down. Um, but anyway, what have we got coming up today? Corey Flynn, ex-All Black, discussing Japan, the end of your tour. Any concerns? Uh, I want to talk to him about the hookers that we've got. Have we got the right ones? What's he enjoying? Um, so we'll drag him off the building site down there in Canterbury. Uh, George Worker, Kiwi cricketer for the Auckland Aces at the moment, former Black Cap as well. We'll discuss what he's seen in the World Cup so far, so far and a bit about the Plunkett Shield as well. Wonderful cricketer, Georgie Worker. Uh, might be talking to Matty White today from across the ditch if we can get that uh, technology up and running as well. We also have the vault. We're up to $200 TAB bonus bet later today for the vault, which is... I think it's earmarked for about 3 o'clock, somewhere between 2.30 and 3 o'clock is the vault. I've actually written it down here twice, so I don't quite know what we're going to do. But somewhere around there, you know, regular listeners, you know. Um, we'll revisit showing the money, which was a bit of a shambles in the weekend. Um, it was a bit of a shambles because um, I think one of the legs was any time try scorer in the All Blacks. And by the time the first leg played, that hadn't been named. And then Dane Coles didn't end up playing anyway. So I don't quite know what happened with that. We have a look back in the day in history as well. Um, but the big one is Midday Madness which is 0800 the All Blacks. Yes, it was a win. Yes, we get behind the team. But yes, a lot of people still have a lot of um, concerns, I think is the right one. I have, I have a number of concerns, um, personnel, game plan, desire, all the stuff that we saw from Japan. And then the, the quotes after the game from M. Foster saying... Uh, things like it's a good building block. I loved that Carlos Spencer, as I mentioned, also just recently the same said afterwards, stop building, start playing. We're always building. And they said there was ring rust. I, I can't believe there's ring rust. Japan last played on the 4th of July, or in July against France. July, August, September, October, three months ago and then put on that display, incredible. And they've had four games this year. Uruguay, Uruguay, France, France. Last year, they had six games. So in the last two seasons, Japan have played 10 times. 10 times. The All Blacks have played 24 times. Japan have lost to the Lions, Ireland, Australia, Ireland, Scotland, France, France. They have beaten Portugal, Uruguay, Uruguay. And they played really well, but they are not a top team. I think we made them look better than what they were. I love their passion. I love their coaching. I loved everything about their display. Last comment before I open the lines, 0800 150 
I think the best player on the field was the guy making his debut for Japan, Dunes, Tony Dunes something. The lock, incredible, inspired performance. Every time he got the ball, he was a hundy. Every time we got the ball, I felt like we were 80. Where's our passion for that black jersey gone? I feel like they're playing the All Blacks. This is just my observation. I feel like the All Blacks are playing too scared to make a mistake rather than backing themselves. So many times knocked over behind the advantage line. So many times we just kicked it away because we'd run out of ideas. And I just also mentioned to Sam, the odd thing was a bad performance. Now the odd thing is a good performance. They're few and far between. And why? You'll have some ideas. 0800 150 It's Midday Madness. Well, listen, Buster. You better start to move your feet to the rockin'est beat of madness. Let's go to the phones, uh, Dino, Dunedin. G'day, Dean. Yeah, mate, I'm out on the clear. I don't know what's going on with that all-black team. It's, um, I love the game, personally. I want, what I want you to do, mate, is a little bit of homework because you've got the means of finding out the stats, but no collapsed scrums, I don't think. I was pretty pissed when I watched it the first time, so I watched it again on Sunday just to make sure I knew what I was sort of looking at. But for me, the, the best player was their Highlander number seven that played number eight for us. Kazaki, mm. I don't want to try and have a go at his name, but what a game he had. And um, we were damn lucky. The first try shouldn't have been allowed. That was a miles not straight line out and a full pass. Like the referee made the call on that in the end. He, the TMO said, yeah, it looks forward to me. Look forward to everyone else in the stadium too, but he still allows it. But that's part of rugby now, I think. I don't know that it should be acceptable, but it's almost like it is. You know, like that, that, that just shocked me really to be fair but I'm actually as much as I don't like to see players getting injured and getting sent home I think it could be a blessing in disguise just quietly I'm I'm just trying to get the bloody hotel in London or Wales wherever they're going to stay and send Dalton over some black hair dye and I think he'll go damn good mm-hmm. don't like that blonde crap going on but <laughs> he's trying to look like Dolph Lundgren out of the Rocky movie but he's a fine footy player and he's going to get a chance now to it almost cement a spot I believe so it's interesting. And Roger and Enor liked it. And I'm quite happy that they've decided, you know, they liked it too. Well, well, they'll start for the 15 against the Irish 15. No harm in that with Damien and TJ inside them. That'd be a useful start of a back line, I would think. So, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, though, that Carlos is bang on the money. But the ironic thing in all this was the start of rotation was in the Japanese box, and they aren't rotating anything. They're playing their best 15 week after week after week after week after week after week, and that's how you win rugby. Mm. We've only won World Cups, and we've done that. When we've rotated, because we've got 40, but we wouldn't have a clue who our best 15, let alone our 23 is, we get fourth, third, second, third, fourth. You know, that's, that's, that's what's happening. It's common. And the emotionless box of ours is a bit scary too, I think. Mm. But I love the game. I thought the stat I want is how long was the ball in play because it seemed to be in play a hell of a lot because there, there was no collapsed scrums. There was one scrum penalty right towards the end of the game. Yeah, I, I actually, thinking back, I don't remember a collapsed scrum at all, mate. I, I, I really don't. Yeah, good point. And the field wasn't great. The field wasn't great because the, when they're making tackles, the you know, the, it was peeling up under their boots and there's a couple of back, outside backs tried to change direction. Young Clark one stage and he just slipped over, but there wasn't one collapsed scrum. Mm. So whether that's just the Japanese 
how they're just different people. They'll just perfect whatever it is, and they don't like cheating too much. They um, it was the ball and play in that game must have been way more than what we used to had to be. Yeah, well, they, they they came to play, and I love that. And and you comment about the the Japanese. I know their forward drills that they do, and they just they love drills, repetition, 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 and good flat backs, good strong guys, and they were they were just so up for it. And and I embraced that from Japan. Oh, mate, it was outstanding. Like that lock, if he's an ex Kiwi, he could go to the World Cup for us. Dern, whatever he's not, I've even heard of him. Mm. And that's what the game's doing now. Like that, that I love that. That young guys in New Zealand realise that well, a real gun in front of me is going to stay there for ten years. Which, at the end of the day, I think now with professional rugby is a little bit long, especially at the very top. You can have a couple, like Sam Whitelock proves you can do it, but there's not many others. Dane has been outstanding, but Bean is the word. I'm sure um, Corey, when you get on, will say the same thing. Like even. Um, Cody Taylor, like oh, I just want to see Tokiaho start against Wales, and Amoa come on with twenty to go and just play like he did for Wellington. Like the way Amoa played for Wellington, Staffy, is what used to get you an All Black jersey. And when a guy gets hurt, like Sam Kane, like Cody Taylor, and they, oh, not sorry, Dane Coles, and when that guy was given an opportunity, you sometimes never saw your jersey again. That's mm. just the custodian factor of the All Black jumper. Do you give Someone that wants it a start and a good shot. And Dalton's got a golden opportunity. He has. I think he might take it too. I think he's the sort of guy that will just relish that opportunity. Oh, mate. I, I, well, if he hasn't got enough hair dye to put a whole lot black, just put a seven in the back of it or something. <laughs> good stuff. Awesome, Dino. Good chatting. No worries, mate. Vow and declare all day, you know. Good idea. Vow and declare. That's from Dino. Um, what are your thoughts <clears throat> on this All Black side? Something on Roger Two of Us Check. I spoke this morning to a very well respected coach. And his words to me were I feel like Roger Two of Us Check has been set up to fail. And in that, wasn't saying that he wasn't a good player, but he was being asking, there was too much being asked of him to transition from league to rugby. And I've been banging on about this for a long time, that if he, if they introduced him in rugby on the right wing, all of the game is to his left. All of the game is to his left. And then he works out how to play the back three. Wings on a string. You know how that pendulum works. You've got the right wing, full back, left wing. If the fullback moves up on the right-hand side of the field, the left wing drops back and covers fullback. Vice versa, if the fullback's drawn. So he can learn that. And then to get him out, back in the fullback. Much easier for him, for him to learn. Get space, fantastic under the high ball. But at second five, there is so much to learn. And I've heard a number of very high-performing rugby players saying potentially the hardest position to learn. Um, you've got the game on your left, you've got the game on the right, in front of you, behind you, kicking game. Do I move in? Do I move out? So many things to learn. And it, it hasn't really been fair on the bloke. And I almost think, to prove that point, when Anton Leonard-Brown came on the field, with that nous, with that knowledge, with that experience, try saving tackles, right place, right time, I mean... What's he had? One game for Waikato under his belt after a long, long time out? 
And again, I'm not poo-pooing Roger Tuivasa-Shek, but I just feel like things have conspired against them. Not intentionally, but they, they do it in rugby as well with promising young first fives out of school and out of age groups, and then they move into a senior team. They chuck them at fullback to go and learn the game at fullback. They're a first five. And we just, I don't know. Better rugby brains than me out there, and I was talking to a better one this morning who just felt Roger had been um, not unfairly treated, but we're not going to see the best of him because of how it's all been managed. Anyway, we'll go to Dunedin again. We'll talk to Cliff. G'day, Cliff. G'day, Staffy. How you doing? Good, thanks, Cliff. Yeah, um, I just really ringing about what you've been just talking about with two of us at Sheik. You know, he doesn't even know where he's going to play in this side if he gets picked. Mm. He doesn't know if he's going to start, and if he doesn't start, where he's going to come on. The guy hasn't played enough rugby to be a a guy who can play anywhere. You know, there's certain guys that can do that, can play different positions, and because they've played a fair bit of rugby before. But, you know, two of us at Sheik hasn't played much rugby, and he's expected to be a winger, possibly a fullback even, and play second five, maybe even centre. Mm. And, and and I think there's too many of that in the in the All Black squad. There's a huge amount of players this year, at the end of the season, even just the All Blacks, I'd say there's probably be maybe 45 guys have played for the All Blacks this year, and it's just too much. I know there's been some injuries, and, it's, and it makes it difficult, but we haven't played 20 games this year. We've probably played a dozen, uh, but there's just too much change. Guys don't know if they're going to play. They don't even know if they're going to make the squad. And, and a couple of, three or four years ago, the team was so settled. And look, I take it that COVID has made things a bit difficult, and, but there's just too much change. There's too many, too many odds and evens in this team. You know, naming that other side to go away, well, that was a waste of time, really. They, the other team was supposed to play in Canada, remember? And now, why didn't they go to Japan? They should have sent the B team to Japan and then toured over in, in Europe and played the Barbarians, or not even played the Barbarians. They could have just sent them over to play Japan. Mm. You know, they all struggled to beat Japan. And really, we should have had sent our B, C team over there, and they should have beat them, not the, the A's struggling. It's, you know, it's been a poor season. The whole season has been really badly organised. Can't blame COVID, but it's just everything about it. It's from the CEO through the management, the board, and the coach. And the coach, he he's been throwing different guys to help him, but there's no settled. It's not settled anywhere. You know, the biggest thing would be is to start afresh next year. And I'm hoping that Ethan Black. I'm not a Crusaders man, but Ethan Black had it to me. He's the next All Black captain on the rank. He's he's got he's got the game. He's got he's going to have mana that boy. You know he's got pedigree from his from his dad, but he's a good player. And until they find a, a, a captain who's number one on the sheet, the team is always going to struggle because everyone else on the field is looking at the captain and saying, "He's lucky to be here. He's had concussion issues and he's never really been the same since. And he's filled in. He's taken over from the goat. You know, Richie McCaw was the greatest." Seven, and we've had great sevens, but 
to me, Sam Kane just isn't in that league at all. Mm. That's been the problem, isn't it? You can't follow something that isn't that good. Yeah. That's, well, I don't think I don't think the guys look around and listen look look for the captain to say, "Come on, fellas, pick the game up," because they go, "Well, he's not that great anyway," and, he, and he's struggling. You know, and I don't want to I don't want to knock Kane, but he just it. He's bumble. He's he has he's had a couple of good games this year, but really, he ain't the man, is he? I, I, I question if any are apart from Artie Savia, maybe maybe a couple of others. Um, Samasoni Tokiaho. I mean, that's the sort of performances we saw from every All Black every game, and we just we're just not seeing. But I've got to push on, Cliff. Uh, really enjoy your calls. Thanks for coming on. That was Cliff. We'll take a break. On the other side, Jeff out of Cornwall and your calls, 0800 Midday Madness. We are back to the phones. I think we've still got you there, Jeff. G'day, buddy. Yeah, good. Yeah, the old uh, daughter took off in the old buggy with my phone and, and I just could hear you in the distance, but no, she's back <laughs> just in time. But, Jesus. Uh, yeah, she put... Oh, I really enjoyed the old... Flick between the channels and that with the cricket and the rugby, the league, you name it, we had it. And the girls, that was fantastic. Um, yeah, I thought the best coaches, New Zealand coaches, are on display there. And the, and the two best coaches on display weren't the All Black coaches. They were the two Kiwi coaches, Brownie and Joseph. So they had a game plan sorted. Obviously, the defence patterns and the attacking patterns, you know. And the referee had a, a very average game. And in fact, the fifth, was it, I wouldn't call them 50-50 calls, Staffy. They were blatantly forward pass, not straightening the line out two or three times, clearly. Mm. So we got the rub of the green. Probably, we probably picked up 14 points, 10 or 14 points that we shouldn't have. Mm. Uh, yes, you got the, yes, you got the uh, Brodie Retallick call bang on. That was really dumb, you know, that's dangerous, reckless, and he'll be out for quite a while, you know, that's just, you know, that was, you know, I just can't believe he did that actually, you know, but that clean out, the can't clean out, you know, your head and shoulders are going to be above your hips and you've got to use your arms, you can't mm. drop the shoulder into a guy's neck and head, head there, so, yeah, we're lucky to win that, to be honest, and it just, just shows you, for, for man and man on the paddock, that, you know, Japanese all-black man-on-man, there was only one or two all-blacks that really stood up, you know, to be honest. Um, what are your thoughts, bud? Look, I'm the same. Um, I think we looked, and it was the excuses after the game about, you know, we need to work on combinations, a um, little bit of uh, we weren't cohesive enough, but that's because they keep changing the team all the time. And then... It's almost like the, you feel like they're going out there introducing themselves to each other flat out. <laughs> That's why it's not working. That's why the patterns aren't working. Yeah, yeah, bang on, you know. And I mean, shit, I don't know. These guys get paid a lot of money, you know. And uh, I know we've got some top-class players that come back with the Barrett boys and co. And, you know, I mean, Mawanga didn't, didn't, he didn't steady the ship or had the opportunity, you know. I just, you know, he's all right, got... I mean, we want players that can perform under pressure, and there's a lot that didn't stand up mm. under pressure, you know, on the, with the back on the back foot, because we're never we're not not going to get front foot all the time. As long as we get the one our set pieces, and 
but yeah, the breakdown, of course. We're sort of, yeah. Yeah. yeah it was disappointing, really. It yeah. really was disappointing. It was, Jeff. It was. Well, go and find your golf cart and go low. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Keep them straight. Good on you, Jeff. That is Jeff out of Cromwell. Talking about Richie Moonga, like the kicking, um, they weren't attacking. They weren't, they weren't um, strategic kicks. For me, they were kicks because we couldn't get through. And so we'll just kick it. And then... Japan are going, yee-haw, we got the ball. And we just go on to defence. I'm concerned for the All Black. This, this, this criticism, if that's what you call it, that's what the text messages are saying, it's, it's, it's from a basis of concern. There are just not good enough back-to-back good performances. And you know what a Rugby World Cup is? That's back-to-back games. That's back to back games. Um, Simon and Jeff will come to you very. Sh- uh, Simon and Zaid, sorry, will come to you very shortly. Quick break for news, sport, and weather update, and we'll be back with your calls. Well, listen, Buster, you better start to move your feet to the rockinest beat of madness. Thanks for holding on, team. 0800 150 811. Go to Simon and Hamilton. G'day, Simon. Yeah, g'day, Kathy. How are you, all right? Good, thanks, Simon. Hey, um, my sort of thinking uh, over what's been happening, and I, know, I want your thoughts on it because you certainly uh, look into it more deeply than I do, but when, do you think that our natural flair and ability has been coached out of us? We're, we're not... Letting our, letting our players out there express themselves like probably the way they want to. I 100% agree with that. I 100% agree with that. It's just like, it's, it's, you can see what probably the team are doing. They've been told what to do by their coach. And, and what, what what's replacing the world at the moment? That there's a word, a, a, a person replacing a person. We've just come too robotic. It's, it's uh, for me anyway. You know These what? Guys, we hear at the end of games in New Zealand, whether it's All Black Super, NPC, when teams go down and they talk to the captain, they said we didn't stick to our processes. For God's sake, if everybody sticks to their processes, it's boring. Look at the Black Ferns. They don't stick to their processes. Wayne Smith says play what's in front of you. They must be the hardest team to scout because they chuck something different at you all the time. The All Blacks are very easy to scout, because there's no innovation. No, it, it sort of comes back to, I mean, we were always the, the trendsetters and, and, and how things went. And people are saying that we've taken steps backwards, and, and possibly we have, but everybody's taken the step forward that they needed to do to, to, to beat us, really, because that's proven with Argentina and Ireland and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah, I don't Goodness think... Knows, don't want it, we don't want it to happen next year in, in the big dance, but... Um, we just got to get ahead of the game, and I'm and, and I'm not saying uh, Foster's going to be there till the World Cup, so we can't really go on that. But it, it just it it sort of that's the way it comes across to me. I mean, we've got guys that can carve teams up if if they want to, but they're sticking to the processes, and clearly that hasn't worked for us <laughs> much lately. So I guess these guys may need to take a um, a lesson from the, the professor and and change it up, and, and whether they're going to do that in the next three tests, we'll soon find out, I suppose. Mm. But it does come back to combinations too, doesn't it? Let's get some... I, I bet you if someone said, I'm going to name the same three 
uh, uh, teams for the next three weeks, barring industry, no one would believe him. And whether that would help or not, probably needs to start happening now, really. We need some continuity of selection, not for our sake, but I think for the players' sake. Like midfield combinations, nine ten combinations, they're just always different. Yeah, mm. 100%. And, and we've had some injuries and we've had some players out and things like that, and we've probably got to take that into consideration. But if Ian Foster was playing a World Cup final next weekend, you'd, you'd like to think he'd play as uh, his best team available. <laughs> and, and I guess he would, but... It's still something that's probably up in the air a little bit, whether it would happen. Yeah, well, we don't know what it is, and I don't think he knows what it is either. That's that's um, uh, We've been looking for two years. Yeah, and I mean, we've had some personnel change inside the box as well, but we all sort of thought that Joe Smith would sort of make a, a difference. Jason Ryan certainly made a difference to the Ford pack. Mm. Um, but yeah, I just think we just... Our natural flair and ability has been coached out of us. It's just, for me, that's terrible because, I mean, you go back to all those games in the past and same sort of same sort of players like I can just Tanner and that Sydney test where Jonas scored there. It just, they just knew how to score a try where they sort of weren't thinking about it, eh? Mm, that's bang on. Bang on, Simon. Good call. Thanks for coming on. All right, mate. Catch you later. Cheers, buddy. Simon out of Hamilton. Go to Auckland. Zaid. Good day, Zaid. G'day, what about the breakers? They're hot. <laughs> they are. That's out of left field. <laughs> two, two wins in a row. And um, Barry Brown Jr., the breakers at Sparkery naturally shot the lights out yesterday. Um, they couldn't do The jack jumpers couldn't do anything about it. They, they were their namesake. They were an ant, mate. They were doing nothing the second half. And Barry Brown Jr., Derek Parton, Brantley, the new imports. And if you would have to say... Look what the um, breakers have done about a co- coach change, you know? It's maybe it's the All Blacks thing to do. Young, Modi, my, fresh. Modi hot. Young, fresh, Modi, enthusiastic. Yeah, boy. Modi me all, but that's even my heart of the weekend. The, break, the Black Caps get themselves out of a corner. Um, someone steps up, and it was Glenn Phillips. Um, he is, he's always been a good player. for. He's been a good player at Auckland Aces. And um, when, when the batters don't want to come to the party... Your first three um, batters go. Um, someone that steps up and Glenn Phillips stepped up. And then you've got Tim Salvi and Trent Bolt. Just do what they do every game. Get wickets. And I think we're, I think we're in a red-hot chance of winning the World Cup. Um, the, sorry, the Kiwis didn't look that good in the weekend. They were pretty much... And the All Blacks were absolutely disgusting. Um, just no one really worked. Um, Roger Tree versus Chick actually wasn't that bad for me, but no one really played that well. Um, some people said... Sam Kane was less existent than my dad on um, Facebook, so he was getting um, the usual comments. But um, he's on a plane with a broken cheekbone, and um, Dalton Papali's got a red, heart, red um, hot chance to get a number seven jersey. I think he probably came on and played pretty well. Um, number six is still open, Shannon Brazel. Didn't play the best, but we're missing the group. We missed all the frontline players, and there's no Savia. Um, Rico Iwani and Harvili were definitely missing, so mm. but nah, uh, we played real bad and um, Japan looked pretty ex- pretty good and they as soon as they red card off with, they went they took their chance and nearly bet the All Blacks um, yeah and um, Kazuki Hamono whatever his name was looked pretty good Michael as a Michael Leach um, who's been around forever for Japan always plays well and um, yeah they looked really good and that Derms who scored a nice try but yeah Japan was were all over the All Blacks. The breakdown was disgusting, and um, 
All Blacks couldn't do anything worse this performance of the year. So that's what I've got to say. Absolutely horrible. And there yeah. he is, New Zealand, SCNZ's roving reporter, every Monday brought to you by Zaid. Sweet. Later. Thank you. Cheers. Zaid. Champion. Champion. Dave. G'day, Dave. G'day, Staffy. He's good, isn't he? He's not bad. He's good. <laughs> I don't know where he gets all the time to watch all that sport. It's incredible. <laughs> uh, he, um, look, with the All Blacks, I've said it to you before, they are not going to win the World Cup. It's just not going to happen. And for those people that think it is, I'm real sorry. And I'll probably cop it for it. But we're, we're not going to get it together in time for that. And you said a few months ago you'd fallen out of love with rugby. And I thought, oh, that's sad. But it's happening to me as well. Mm. There's so much other sport on that's, where the team's putting more of an effort in. You can see the coaching. They're trying more. And, like, we're going backwards. We used to be number one. I don't know, you know, rankings are relevant. We were so far ahead of the pack, and they were chasing, chasing, chasing. And then we'd innovate. We're, at least we go up five notches, which is not going to happen. We're going to get slaughtered. Mm. And we could lose another two games out of the last three. We could lose another. We didn't deserve to win that one. Yeah, you made a good comment there about and we were always innovators. We were, and, and like other teams have been making steps forward, but I think they've always been making steps forwards. But so is New Zealand. I just feel I don't think we've gone back. I think we've gone soft. We've stayed where we are, and everyone's come up, and the innovation's gone. And a lot of people saying about Jason Ryan and Joe Smith. Yes, they've made improvements, but but don't forget the. The brains and the spark behind the rise and rise of Ireland, even when Joe Smith there, was Andy Farrell. Um, he was the guy with the innovation as well. It's the innovators that we are lacking, and it's time, you know. it's. I don't know. I don't think we've got long enough either to, to turn around. By, with every bone in my body, I hope we turn it around to become the force again. But we've only got 12 months now. Yeah. The only way we... The only way we possibly could turn it around is get the professor. And like you say with, with Andy Farrell, I've mentioned it before, he was at that game uh, where there was like 13 lead changes in South Africa. Um, he was on the bench with Bomber Lancaster and then he became the England defence coach. And every time we lost or drew, like with the Lions or Ireland, he was there. Mm. And you, you're dead right. And the thing with Joe Smith, whatnot. You know, they reach a point where, I think they reach a point where they their innovation hits a, you know, a, a top and they maybe can't go any further. And so we're bringing guys in that maybe have reached their pinnacle of you know, their mouse of how they're going to work things out. That's why you need younger coaches mm. because they see the game different. They can't come through it at a different period. And, you know, they, they all go forward. We're not saying we're going backwards. What I mean, in a way, is like the flair. Because we're coaching the flair out, that was part of our innovation. Like, yeah. when you've got guys that just... Mar and Conrad, they just linked together because they knew each other so well. Mm. And probably half, half the stuff wasn't coached. Like you say, the processes. Sometimes on your show, you say, Sammy, oh, should we do this now? So it's not on the format. You're just doing it ad hoc. And that's what the All Blacks, you know, if we're in the uh, 22 and the ball comes to us, we will kick it out. Once we get to the halfway line, 
and you know they've got a it's it's robotic rugby and it's not working. It don't it won't work and it's too easy to work out because the other teams watch the tapes and they know what's going to happen. Mm, that's what I mentioned before. I'm I'm in agreement with you, Dave. Um, we're an easy team to scout because we just don't seem to offer anything different. Um, good chatting though, Dave. Always appreciate your call. Cheers, Cheers buddy. Dave, uh, quick break on the other side. We're going to have Graham. We're going to have, I think, Hayden as well. Stick around. We'll be back after a short break. Straight back to the phones. Thanks for holding on. Uh, first of all, we're going to Graham. G'day, Graham. How are you, mate? Oh, I'm, um, lo- I'm liking the birds chirping in the background. It's put me at ease already. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, we're actually lucky down here. We've got an anniversary weekend. Oh, we've got nice. A day off. Nice. And we need it after Saturday. We need it after Saturday. They weren't going to give it to me because I walk around with a Northland shirt on, so they weren't <laughs> going to give it to me. But anyway, I managed to sneak it in. Um, <laughs> yeah, a big, firstly, a big ups to the Black Ferns and the people of Northland who went along to Akara Park and yep. supported them. And, um, and good luck to the ladies in the semi final. I hope they go well. Um, a, a big ups to the Japanese team and their coaches. I think, you know, a little bit. Uh, Sometimes too much is made of how bad we are, and we are bad, but, you know, Jamie Joseph and Tony Brown and John Mitchell aren't mugs. Um, like a couple of the previous callers have said, those guys have been, they've stuck that team together and they've played the same, basically the same team for every game. So, and the next time we play them, I think they'll, they'll, get, they'll, get, they'll come close to beating us. They should, have, they should have at least got a draw out of this game with the forward pass that, Everyone saw except the ref, mm. but like 2007. <laughs> so just, it's just disappointing and frustrating stuff. Um, I don't even know what to say anymore. We've been saying the same thing since the end of the last end of the last year's tour. I don't. He's not good enough as the coach. Some of the players aren't good enough. Some of them don't even. I don't think they just don't seem to want to play for their dues anymore. You saw two guys sitting in the stand who are both goats. When Richie and Dan, that black jersey meant everything to those guys. Just doesn't seem to be that way anymore. And I'm, you know, I'm from a Scottish heritage. I, I don't think Scotland will beat them, but I really hope they put on a their B team and we've got a damn good chance of beating them. Mm. Um, we could, like the last quarter said, we could potentially lose two of these next three tests. I mean, so, Wales and England aren't going to be scared of this lot, are they? No, not at all. They just. They would have worked it out. Wayne Pivak's not a bad coach. Just frustrating and disappointing, and we lost. We missed the opportunity to change it where they didn't. When they didn't give um, Scott the job, uh, if they lose two, I reckon they should still sack him. They probably won't, but they should. Sta- they should sack him if we lose two. And say to your guy, mate, this isn't good enough. But I don't even think Scott Robinson will take it now. Mm, I don't to either. Be, yeah, to I... be brutally honest, which is sad, and it's just. Like like you said at the start, Steph, we're all black supporters, you know. Me, you, Dino from Dunedin, we we love this team, but man, this is just they're treating us like fools. Mm. It's a train crash you know? in slow and, motion. Yeah. yeah, and just and just quickly on Dan Coles, being a good rugby player, being a good all black, but there's better hookers around now. Mm. You know, um, yeah, it's just it's sad, but I'm be interested to see what Corey says. Corey Flint says. Mm, and yeah, if you I'm... ever get if you get the chance to have a quick move of Kirsty Stanaway, can you ask her why someone like Corey isn't on the breakdown panel or, oh, no. on, the, or on the panel? You know, I'm sick of listening to outside backs, eh? Mm. You know, <laughs> some, some some of them just don't have a clue what they're talking about. Yeah, 
what's wrong with uh, Richard Turner, Kane Haynes, White Crockett when he first retired was on used to he was do brilliant. The they, they understood was brilliant. they understood what the they understood what was going on. Yeah. Kieran Reed, get those get some guys on there and know what's going on instead of outside backs. Yep. Got a scoop, Graeme. We've got one more call to get away before the break, so we'll take that now. Thank you, Graeme. Uh, Hayden, g'day. There's a lot of factors to why we've got what we've got at the moment, uh, but I'll just go over a couple that I think. Uh, one would be is that lower tier level of player, the fringe All Blacks, uh, who's, who are part of this massive exodus over the last five to eight years. We've lost that tier because they've all gone to the money yeah. And, and European yeah. clubs. You know, you think of those, like, even like a guy like Seki Toa, just off the top of my head, guys like that who just skip the country, there's no longer that fringe there, and that's not bleeding into Super Rugby. Super Rugby is a great spectacle, but it's not really test match style rugby for those the European nations. Um, there's so many factors. So like my, my, I remember when I was a kid, I remember those, the Mixed brothers, Joe Stanley, Terry Wright, Grant Fox, that those teams that never lost, then you go into the Tana, uh, Christian Cullen uh, era, all those guys. My son. Hey, Hayden, can I just get you to hold there because we're going to crash into ads. We'll come back to you in a mo. Uh, just a minute away from you, straight back to Hayden. Sorry about that, Hayden. I was enjoying what you're saying. There were more ads in an NFL game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, what I was saying, man, is, you know, the, 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 that second fringe all-back level has now gone. It's not bleeding into Super Rugby. So, you know, um, I remember my day, I was saying, I can remember the likes of the Mixed Brothers, Grant Fox, that team, then through to the, um, you know, Jonah, Cullen, Tana era. My son now, there's so much on offer at his school, he's too busy watching NBA basketball, you know. So we've got to be really careful. And it's, it's in the time frame since Steve Chu quit. And I think he quit for a reason. He saw this coming when players were gapping it to go overseas. Mm. Great call. Great shout. Thank you, Hayden. Thanks for holding on. Sorry about mucking you around. We'll take some news. calls in that first hour we couldn't get to them all so keeping the lines open for you 0800 150 11 also in this half hour we're going to catch up with Corey Flynn former All Black Soccer Crusaders legend uh, just on what he's making of the season so far and more particularly I'll ask him about the hookers as well um, two newbies two oldies what does he think the right makeup is as well. So if we didn't get to your call, I do apologise, but the lines are now open 0800 150 811. Um, some text messages. Staffy, I agree you said we made them look better. Everyone is saying Japan played well. I don't think they did. They dropped the ball a lot on attack, pushing passes, and if they had have played well, they would have won comfortably, I believe. Yeah, I think Japan did play well, but I... Th- but they're an international rugby side. Of course, they're going to play well. Um, we just weren't there. We we just were not there. And I just don't like this building box and this clunky rhetoric that's been um, shared out there. They've been in camp. They're the best players we've got. Um, so still keen on your thoughts. We'll go to Ryan from Hamilton. G'day, Ryan. Hey, Stan. Um, yeah, some great calls in that last hour and it kind of made me want to call because it's just... 
You know, ongoing frustration, mate. It annoyed me when after that Aussie game that we um, that we took, you know, we took them to the sword and at Eden Park, and everyone went, "Oh, we're back on track and all this." We have to remember where Australia are ranked on the table at the moment and how many players, uh, top front line players, they're missing. Mm. We weren't bad. We were good. We were better. But mate, the litmus test, if it wasn't Japan. Is going to be these next three the, uh, next three games, and these games really worry me. I know what way my TAB uh, bets are going to be going um, because <laughs> they'll have us favourites. But by no way should we be, mate. We just beat just beat Japan by seven points, and I'm getting sick of hearing, "Oh yeah, but teams are catching up." Well, what about us? Like, and you said before, yeah, they're catching up. The teams have always been catching up. They have been. They've always been chasing us or they've been chasing Aussie or England, whoever's been there or South Africa. But we shouldn't use that as our scapegoat. I mean, if you're pulling on the black jersey, you should be looking to thrash Japan. And that's no disrespect to the major leaps and bounds that they have made. But let's actually let that sink in that we lost, uh, sorry, we beat Japan by seven points, and if we're honest with ourselves, we were lucky. Mm. You know, BJ Lahore and, and Pine Tree would be absolutely turning in their grave at what is going on at NZR at the moment. And these guys that are in charge, not just the coaching group, mate, but these people in charge of NZR have to stop looking at ticking bloody boxes and they have to take a good hard look at themselves and look at where they are leaving our national game. Because as our last caller says, we have more kids not wanting to watch these blacks and not engaging unless they're, you know, really invested, unless their parents are, are, are shoving it down their throats. And, you you know, you probably have this. I'm a passionate rugby supporter. I love rugby. But I love a lot of other sports. And, and the weekend was awesome. I was channel flicking all over the place. But I'm struggling to get my, my son engaged in rugby because of not only the way that... It's being played by our top team, but also the way that NZR are actually handling themselves and promoting the game, you know? Yeah, I just don't want this to be the area that we look back and say this is the era it all started going wrong because we can fix it. We have got the depth. We have got the coaches. But we're at a... Is it too strong to say we're at a crisis point at the moment? No, absolutely not. You said that. You said before, mate. Um, this is a slow-moving uh, train wreck. It absolutely is. Mm. What what signs do you see that gives you any hope that we are actually going to win this World Cup? We're not. And I, and I last a few weeks ago when I called you, mate, I said we'll never win a World Cup again. We won't because we're sending all of our top IP out of the country. I know it's hard to keep a hold of it. We don't have the money, but we can't continually keep the same older, sort of stale people involved in the coaching setup. And I put Steve Hansen in that as well, mate, because it started happening under his watch and he advocated for Foster. And we have to remember that he was the one that pushed Fozzie in. And you look at that coaching box on the weekend, you look at the ones that are going to be facing us, they're all, we've used the word innovation. There's none in the All Black, all, all black team, mate. That... Japan shut us down and knew exactly what we were going to do. Yep. We didn't know what we were going to do, but they did. 
They had our game, mate. They knew exactly what we were going to do, and we had no answer. And my father-in-law said to me, oh, yeah, but it was a second-string all-black side. Bullshit. No, sorry about language, no all-black side should ever be deemed second-string. That's what our all-black juniors or New Zealand 15 or all-blacks 15 or whatever they want to call them, depending on the day of the week, that's what that team is. No all-black team should ever be a B-side. Yes, yes, we're bringing in players and we're helping guys like Tuivasa Shek and that explore and, and understand what it is to be an all-black and, and in the environment and test them. But, mate, anyone pulling on that jersey should any day be good enough to beat Japan, and we were lucky to do it. And that's what really scares me. And I'm really concerned for the future of New Zealand. Oh, might have just dropped them out there. If you... All of our players, and we're not investing in junior rugby, is letting overseas players or based players play for us. And that there is going to be the demise of New Zealand rugby full stop. I feel like I've been at a funeral, Ryan. <laughs> so do I. So do I, mate. But how good was Shane Van Gisbergen? Yeah, oh, boy. Up the kids. <laughs> and the breakers. Thanks, buddy. Uh, Ryan, always good to chat to Ryan. Yep, the breakers, Gizzy, uh, Hayden Wild, the Black Ferns, the Black Caps. Ah, uh, fantastic. Um, let's catch up with Gary from Upper Hutt. G'day, Gary. G'day, Staff. Jeez, I don't know how to follow on after that. It was brilliant. <laughs> yeah, wasn't it just... But I'll tell you what, you can feel safe in the knowledge that they will have taken some learnings from that, Staffy. Oh, sorry, I sorry. I shouldn't have said the L word, should I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they will have. But hey, I must be the only person in the country with that forward pass everyone keeps going on about saying, you know, we're very lucky with it. I'm not convinced that it that it wasn't okay. I actually thought the ball was pretty flat. I thought Mwanga got through that tackle, reached his arm out, and he's got like about a metre of reach there, mm. and I, I reckon he throws it flat, two of us are sheks in front of him, but he takes the ball behind him. Mm. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I must be the only one that sort of, oh, I'm not convinced that it actually was bored. Yeah, it was um, one of those so, calls I could... I was probably happy with either. Like, if I was being completely impartial, I could see if they called it forward, I'd go, ah, okay. And if they called it fair, I'd go, ah, okay. It was like a 50-50. Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of in the same. But everyone that's jumping up and down, the blatant forward pass, I, I just don't know that it was blatant. I really don't. And the other one that people going on about, jumping up and down about, is Glenn Phillips. And, okay, it was a great inning. But you've got to remember, he was dropped when he was on 12, and he was dropped when he was on 43 as yes. well. And, okay, you take your luck. But let's not blow things out of proportion here. Because <laughs> yeah, without him, we get, what do we score, 60? Without Glenn Phillips? Oh, hell, yeah. If he goes out on 12, and that catch was a guru. I mean, oh, good God, even I could have caught that, and I'm half blind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, good man, Gary. Yeah. What are you up to today? Yeah. Uh, we're doing a bit of painting actually out at Paraparam Airport. And, oh, uh, nice! Yeah, beautiful day here. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, painting the mix service building there. Just, yeah, yeah, lovely day. Well, enjoy your day. Keep the keep the wireless on. Good to uh, have I your will. company. Yeah, got you in the air. Good yeah. on you, boy. <laughs> All right, mate. Talk later. Gary, formerly of Upper Hutt, currently in Paraparaumu, the beautiful Kabari Coast, Christian Cullen country. Uh, now we go to another great part of the world, like two sunny areas in a row, Paraparaumu and Tauranga. G'day, Craig. G'day, Steph. How you doing? Good, thanks, Craig. 
you were spot on with your your road cones and Tauranga remark uh, before, <laughs> before midday. <laughs> you weren't wrong there. Um, hey, last week everyone was chatting about you know what to watch, especially with the the black ferns and the all blacks at the same time. Um, there's so much sport on, mate. So much sport. So um, I was unsure, uh, and I, I thought when when I get there. I'll know what I want to watch. Turned out it was supercars. So well, didn't have to worry about the rugby debate. Um, I did watch them, watch them both, but didn't watch either of them live. Watch the supercars. So, yeah, um, what does that say about rugby, right? Mm. What um, did you make of the Black Ferns game? I really enjoyed it. Oh, I enjoyed it, and I enjoyed it. What, what other people have said as well, just that, that, that sort of ad hoc nature, the, the way they just played what's in front, um, just so entertaining, so much more entertaining than men's rugby at the moment. Um, and, and anyone that doesn't have time for women's sport needs to, well, certainly women's rugby needs to um, needs to take a real good look because that was a far better game. You know, I mean, I know it wasn't competitive at all, but, um, yeah, so, so good to watch. Um, just what we used to see with the All Blacks, right? It's, um, the unpredictability. Yeah. Unpredictability. Um, what I was going to say, I was going to ring in last week, and I and I, I wanted a little bit of time just to to think about it beforehand, and I didn't really get an opportunity anyway last week. But everyone was up in arms about the the clash between you know the the, the yeah. kickoff times. Um, to me, a bit of a non-event. Um, kind of just flush the dunny and move on. It was a mistake that was made. Yeah, sure, it should have been picked up, but I don't think it was as big a deal as there's perhaps what. It was made out to be the bigger deal for me was the fact that um, Mark Robinson was in Japan. Now, I know there's commercial reasons and it was probably more financially beneficial for him to be up there networking or whatever. But that's, to me, missing the whole point. The whole point is Women's World Cup in New Zealand quarterfinal. That's where he should have been. 100% that's where he should have been, not up in Japan. If the women were up there playing in a Japanese team for a warm-up for a northern tour and the men were home playing a quarter-final of the World Cup, where would he be? He'd be here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just think that that was the bigger issue. And I think it goes to show that New Zealand Rugby Union from top down, including the all-black coaches, are just missing the mark and missing the point. And, uh, and, and in that regard, I just think he, he was just missing the point completely. And, and I think Foster and his coaching team are just missing the point with, um, you know, with their team selections, their team rotations, with their, their game plans. I just It's just not good enough. It really isn't. Yeah, and I feel like we're all whining, Craig, but, I, but we're not. Like, pretty much everyone to a person says, we want them to win. We, we're still supporters, but we're just feeling a little bit, I don't know, is alienated the word or, or uninspired? Yeah, I guess so. And and you know what the most frustrating thing is? After that weekend of sport, and you've gone through the list, you know, Hayden Wild, Breakers, Shane Van Gisbergen, Black Cats, women, the, the Black Ferns, um, the All Blacks had a win. No one should be whining. We no. shouldn't be whining, but what are we doing? We're whining. <laughs> you know, like we're, we're having a whinge, and it was probably one of the best weekends of sport that New Zealand's produced recently, and, and yet everyone's having a whinge. And, and why? It's because... Yeah, uninspired, I don't know. All those words you used, I think you were, yeah. Yeah, it's just frustrating. Frustrating is a word for me. Mm. Um, yeah. But, yeah, the Black Cats, um, yeah, I watched that as well. That that was great. Um, but, yeah, going back to my original point, the, the whole internal debate about what I'm going to watch live, and, and it turned out it was neither of the rugby games. So, you know. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There you go. Inadvertently made up your own mind without making up your own mind. 
Exactly. That's it. <laughs> Good man. Good right, chatting, Craig. Cheers. Cheers, mate. Um, Corey Flynn's not going to be available till after half past one. So what we'll do, we'll take a quick break. I've got lots of text messages to get through. But, you know, on the afternoon show, uh, phone calls get precedence. So um, if you want to talk about the rugby or Giz or the Black Ferns or Hayden Wild or the Black Caps, open line talk back till the bottom of the hour. 0800 150 11. Love to hear from you. Fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz. Mark Stafford, kicking back and talking sport all afternoon. It's Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. We are back. Phone lines are open if you want to give us a bell. 0800 150 11. Uh, a, lot of co- a lot of texts have come in, so let's get through those. They have come in on the Temper Bedpost text machine. That's where it lives. Double eight, double three. Here we go from Mark. Uh, hey, Stevie. First of all, I used to like rugby and league equally. After the last two years, I've gone off union to the point where I don't even like it now. It's supposed to be our national game. Teams used to fear the All Blacks, and what's expected of what's expected of them in these next three games, and what if anything are the consequences if they lose? Well, probably nothing, because the powers that be don't care. Sitting in their offices on exorbitant wages, saying we don't care. Also, Staffy, why can't you be a bit more forthcoming and at least let them know you're not happy with it all as well? I think I've sort of made that clear that I'm demystified and not happy about it. Um, Another text here. Wasn't the music in Whangarei great? After years of the same old stuff that does my head in at NPC and Super Level. Oh, I must say, I, di- I, di- I didn't, um, I had two things going at once at that stage. So I, I'm pleased to hear the music in Whangarei was good. Excellent. Hey, Staffy from Carl. Did your ex-bookmaker senses go off when the All Blacks went for the penalty kick after time was up when they could have just kicked the ball out? I found it a strange decision. I had a little bell. I think they just had enough and just wanted to make sure the time was completely done and just move out by another three points on what was already a far too narrow a, a victory, to be perfectly honest. Someone's saying that uh, he's a good player, but Blackadder is too light-framed um, and he's going too hard, and that's what's causing his injuries. Dan, Dan, I've stood next to Ethan Blackadder. I was surprised how big he was, actually. He's quite a raw-boned sort of guy, but he's, he's, um, he's a bit... The cause first, my body second. And that's uh, potentially where the injuries come from. I I hope he comes back better than ever because I like the edge that Ethan Blackadder brings. Um, my understanding is going to be ready for the start of Super Rugby. So a big campaign from him. Who knows? And I, I hark back to the chat we had on the show with Murray Mexted a few weeks ago. And he said number sevens in New Zealand is uh, Savia Kane. Uh, Blackadder, Daylight Fourth is what he said. Or did he say, sorry, he said Kane, Papali'i and um, Blackadder and then Daylight Fourth. Um, Really keen to see Ethan Blackadder back. I think he's a fine player. Um, Did you read the Herald article about why Foster was reappointed? Apparently Razor and his preferred team have no international experience. Fraser from Tauranga. I haven't read that article, but... I was um, at a function on Friday, which why I wasn't here, but um, there was some, some conversations around there was that no international experience. But the original assistants in Plumtree and Brad Moore, 
fine coaches in their own right, but they had zero international experience. And in fact, Brad Moore had only just gone to Clinethley, and I think they must have had to have bought him out of his contract to bring him back. He had no international experience. Maybe in hindsight, they're thinking maybe we should have just left him there, um, go and lead Clinethley, have a campaign, have, leave him there for two or three years and then bring him back. Maybe it was too soon for Brad Moore. And I hope he resurfaces because he is a, is a good coach, but maybe um, along with a few others has been asked to do something that maybe didn't quite have the tools and the t- toolkit to do. I really rate Brad Moore, um, but he's been um, collateral damage. Uh, we used to be so good at running the ball, but we've lost that. And Richie Moonga did not play well on Saturday at all. Too much kicking. I think Bowden Barrett needs another go at 10. Yeah, the Moanga de- Barrett debate's going to raise its head. Uh, the post-match interview with Richie Moonga said uh, mentally they weren't there, which was a big admission that mentally they weren't there. Uh, one from Adam. One thing I don't understand, Steph, the boys had three weeks leading into the Japan test and yet Foster comes out with clunky. Surely there was a penciled inside from four weeks out for that test. You would expect so, that they would have had gosh, 13 or 14 of the 15 earmarked for that game. Um, someone else says, now Roger goes to the All Black 15. Is this finally admission, an admission that he hasn't had enough rugby to be a top-line All Black? And from what I saw on Saturday, nothing's changed. I think he probably had a better game. Good enough to, to, to command an All Black 12 jersey? Probably not. Staff, I love your show, but can we please not dwell on the All Blacks all the time? Let's celebrate the Black Caps and Glenn Phillips batting along with the Trent Bolt bowling. Just outstanding. Watto can come and fill in and bring his passion when the All Blacks need a tune-up. Cheers, love the show, Dave. I tell you what, I don't like talking about the All Blacks all of the time. Um, and when there was the debate about what was Midday Madness going to be today, it, it fell on the All Blacks. And look... So many calls, so many text messages, but I don't want to take the gloss off a wonderful weekend as well. Wonderful. Uh, Staffy, what was the score when Japan played France in July? Uh, One of them was close. One of them was a hiding. Uh, I'm just trying to remember. Something like 2015 and something like 43-21 were the two scores, but it wasn't France's top team either. Uh, Roger, two of us, Sheck played well. He might not be the best player, but he would not let us down, thrown into a World Cup final. Don't forget, Sonny Bill Williams was second strength at Ma'a. Asafo Amur surely has to get to be back up hooker, Glenn. Ooh, a lot of ground covered there. Um, I thought, yeah, as I say, I thought Roger had his, his, had his better game, but I feel like he's been asked to do too much too soon, and then the opportunities he's had to play meaningful games, he was not released to... Blues and All Blacks and just play some play some time. Um, a really hard position to learn second five. Um, Women's Rugby World Cup. France are playing $3, New Zealand $1.33. You've got to be joking. It should be evens or France favourites. I hadn't looked that up. i tell you what I did look up. I looked up the odds for this weekend with the All Blacks game, if you didn't know. So in your mind's eye, just... Have a think about it before I read it out. What do you think the All Blacks vs Wales school, uh, odds should be? What do you think the point start should be? How much would we beat Wales by? I'll, I'll give you that clue. New Zealand are favourites. No surprise there. What do you reckon it should be? 
I'll tell you what it is. New Zealand a dollar twenty seven. Wales three dollars eighty. Point start of twelve. Get ready for a big move on that. Get ready for a big move on that. Um, do you think Roger Tuivasa-Sheck should have gone on the end of year tour last year? He was unlucky. Auckland got caught up with the COVID situation last year. So his first chance at higher levels was this year's Super Rugby. If he went on that tour, it would have given if he went on that tour, it would have given him the insight into how the All Blacks run. As much of a flare-up that would have caused, I think he is always going to be an All Black when he moved back. Oh, I can't recall a player that's had as much conversation about him that's played less, less minutes. Um, Another one here, All Blacks played the same game plan as the Japanese, fast and quick. It played right into their hands and the Japanese were better at it. Just the wrong game plan by us, full stop, full stop. Steph, I'm not not saying, <laughs> Steffi, not saying, but India's loss to South Africa almost knocks Pakistan out of, out of the World Cup. Some strange shots from India lower order. Stephen Wall turning into... <laughs> <laughs> We've all got our alarm bells on. Um, on the back of a recent caller, I just ran some stats on the All Black players used this year across 10, test, 10 tests. 41 players used. Number of changes each week as follows. Oh, so these are between tests, the number of changes that have been made. 6, 12, 10, 9, 1, 4, 5, 13, 19. And they wonder why they play clunky and don't have combinations. G'day, Staffy. Enjoying the show. Not enough credit has been given to New Zealand rugby and this weekend's scheduling of the All Blacks Wales games, not being in direct competition with the Black Ferns. Good to see them taking the learnings from last week. <laughs> Bada bing. Thank you, Des. Is that really Des? Thank you, Des. Staffy, something off topic. Get the team to Google Ross Chastain, wall ride. That is C-H-A-S-T-A-I-N, wall ride. I don't follow the NASCAR, but it's epic, and it just happened. He channeled his inner game to ride the wall on the final win. I'm going to go and Google that. But for now, we'll take new sport and weather with Johnny Mack. We'll be back. Corey Flynn, not far away. And it is a big welcome back and kia to Paulie Moati. G'day, Paul. G'day, Steph. How are you, mate? Where'd you go? <laughs> I've been everywhere, man. Oh, I've been next door, yeah, man. Yeah, across the mountain, yeah, man. Yeah, good on you. Good on. Now, listen, a number of text messages asking us to take you to order here. Take you to task. Uh-oh. New Zealand 12.5 point favourites against Wales. Uh, one text has suggested that uh, the TRB bookmakers didn't watch the All Blacks in the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. That 12 won't last, will it? Uh, well, if enough of your listeners start jumping on, you're correct. It won't last very long at all. No. <laughs> twelve and a half. Um, twelve and under for the All Blacks would have been paying a fruity amount in the weekend. Yes, it was. Um, and a number of punters jumped on. Um, and I guess it, it, it wasn't 
overly surprising, to be fair, um, with the sort of up-and-down nature of the All Blacks' performances this season so far and the fact that there are a few changes um, had to be made uh, due to personnel um, and the fact that Japan are very well coached and at home. Bang, bang. Good on you. What are we looking at today then? Give me something. I'm not going to take a task on all of the things, but Women's World Cup. Oh, come on. Um, what do you want to look at today? <laughs> well, I'm glad that you brought the Women's World Cup because we've got the semi-final prices out there right now. Uh, once again, the English are very, very hot favourites in their semi-final against the Canadians. $10 on the Canadian women, three on the English women. Uh, our girls... A dollar thirty-three up against France at three dollars. Now, well, was it about a year ago or something when they were touring the Northern Hemisphere and the France, uh, the French women um, actually put one over us? Now, this New Zealand side has changed since then, um, so I can understand uh, why the bookies have made them a dollar thirty-three favourites. Um, and at the point start, there minus seven and a half. I think. I think we might see a, a wee bit of a show. Weather permitting, I think they'll, they'll put a wee bit of a score on a score on here. So I really do like the um, our um, our girls minus seven and a half at a dollar ninety. I'll have a bacon and egg burger on you. You take all black uh, the black ferns minus seven and a half. I'll take France plus seven and a half. All right. <laughs> Gee, I know you're very, very uh, confident when you put up a, a burger or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah, I am. I am. Uh, one more thing. Melbourne Cup tomorrow, massive day. It is a huge, huge day. Um, and, of course, um, no lockdown for Auckland this year. Um, so you guys will be able to get out and about. So get down to your TAB, your local TAB, or get down to your bar or restaurant, because I'll all be putting it on. Um and, and make a big day of it. And um, the bookies have put together a do-it-yourself power play uh, for the Melbourne Cup where you can combine up to five horses to either finish in the top ten or the top five or to win. Um, so you yeah, have a little uh, look at that because it, it does look like a very, very hard field to pick a winner out of. But you might be able to find three horses there that you think will finish in the top ten, you can multi them all together just like a same race multi. Perfect, Paulie. We've got a scoop. We've got an ex-All Black waiting in the wings, so we will bid you farewell. Enjoy your day tomorrow. It's one of the greatest days to work for the TRB Melbourne Cup Day, so do enjoy it. Yep. Cheers, it certainly is. Cheers, buddy. Paul Mawadi out of the TAB.co.nz or the app. Uh, one quick break, and we'll be back with former All Black hooker Corey Flynn. Some good value fuel. Gull.nz. Mark Stafford, kicking back and talking sport all afternoon. It's Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Well, I thought it was high time we got someone who's had his head in the engine room for many years. Um, he's, in, he's in the building game now, but never too far away from a game of rugby. And Corey Flint, former all-black hooker, Crusaders legend, joins us from the building site. Flinny, welcome in. Steph, how are you, mate? Good, thank you, sir. Um... Without wanting to uh, preempt what you thought of the All Black Test, what did you think of the All Black Test? Um, oh, you know, like I suppose it, it showed that the boys are a little bit rusty um, after a few weeks of not playing. But you know, it also highlighted that Japan, you know, the, they've been known as the giant killers, and um, they would have been preparing for this game for so long. You know, you know, 
Jamie Joseph, Tony Brown, um, after what they've done with against South Africa and you know, and an Ireland selection, you know, they want to they want to knock over these big teams, and that would have been a huge incentive to try and get up over the ABs. They look like they play with heaps of passion, and the sort of passion that the All Blacks used to play with, like ordinarily, you'd think the All Blacks would go to Japan and win by 30 and then carry on to the north. I mean, the, their intent and their enthusiasm in the Japanese jersey didn't seem present in the All Black jersey. Yeah, and it's either, I mean, I would hate to, I would hate to think that they went in there into that game with uh, a thought that it was going to be easy. I mean, um, you never, you never do that when you take the field. Uh, you do, then you actually end up getting spanked and embarrassed. Um, so, uh, as a as an All Black, uh, as a as an All Black supporter and um, someone that's been there, uh, I can I can guarantee they they weren't going in with that, that intent, you know. But what it does highlight is the the fact that Japan were pretty pretty bloody good, you know. They um, and like you say, they were passionate. They they were hitting things at speed, um, and but they're just uh, they're never going to be the biggest. And, but they're just clinical, um, you know, and, and they do things at speed, which um, obviously for 80 minutes, it, it tires the boys out. One guy that really impressed me was uh, the guy making his debut for Japan, Dunes, the, the, the big lock, um, probably the best lock on the field with zero caps. Um, and the fact, is that important to great coaching from Jamie and Tony Brown to get a debutant up and about like that during a game? Yeah, <laughs> You know, he, he would have been pumped. Imagine, imagine having your first test cap as a, against the All Blacks. I mean, um, you know, so he would have he would have run he would have run for probably three days on adrenaline. You know, <laughs> um, so he and he, he was he was fantastic. Um, and it's great to see that there are still you know uh, players that are so called not going to make it in their in their home country, but then go and, and get on the international stage and and you know there'll be there'll be people in Australia going, what did we miss there? You know. So um, it is. It's great. It is great coaching from Jamie Joe and, and, and TV. You know, it's, it's great to see. What will the All Black coaches need to do now? Because if anything, in the, the the last twelve months has told us is the All Blacks are probably as beatable as any time in the in probably the last twenty years. Uh, it's a big job ahead of them, and they've only got seven days. Yeah, it is. And you know, this this Northern Tour, I'm actually really nervous for it. Um, you know, there's, there's, I, I don't, can't, I can't remember a time since we've headed up north with such uncertainty in, in what we're going to produce. Um, but you know, it, it's also good at this time um, when the heat's on just to get out and and get overseas, get tight as a unit, and um, and not worry too much about the external pressures. Um, they're coming up against some pretty epic teams in terms of England and, and France. Scotland will, Scotland will push them as well. So um, nervous times, but, you know, they, they've got to do it because, uh, you know, a year a year out from the World Cup and they need to know where they are. Um, you know, so hopefully hopefully it's, it's, um, they'll, be, they'll be at a decent spot, but um, it's going to be tough. I mean, the, those two games against France and England are going to be pretty huge. I want to talk to you about your warehouse into the hookers. We've got a couple of veterans, and now with the addition of a Safuwa Mua uh, alongside Samasoni Tokiaho, probably the two hookers that will take us a long way into our future. Um, Dane Coles has done a calf again. Do, do you feel like they've got the hooking balance right? 
Um, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. I mean, obviously, Tolsey's been a, a massive servant um, to New Zealand rugby, and I love him dearly. Um, but, he, but he is, he's having trouble with his calves, and I've, I had troubles with my calves as well. I mean, it's, it's, it's once you hit the 30 mark, I reckon. Um, it's sort of, it sort of knocks you about, and, but um, it, it's just tough. It, and I know that he'll be doing everything he can to get back, and Mentally, it'll be it'll be uh, it'll be pushing him to the limit. Um, so I do feel for him, but you know, like you, like you say with Samasoni and Asafa, the way that he he uh, played in that final, he was just epic. You know, so um, it, it'll be it'll be great for Asafa to get on this on, on this end end of your tour and um, improve his worth and really put some pressure on Colby. I mean, because um, he, he's at the moment he's probably going to be, you know, got to be looking at being the one that sort of um, is the one to muff. It's a new breed of hooker now, isn't it? What we're seeing with Samasoni, the dynamism that that guy, because he's, he's not a huge man, and I, and I can't figure out how he can bust all those tackles and make all those breaks and be so mobile. It, it's, it's, it's a changing game. It is, and it's, and it's quite, uh, you know, it's, it's quite out of it because you know the likes of Colsey and um, Cody when they come in, they actually change the the role of a hooker. And um, Safa and and Samasoni are, are doing it the same. So it's ever evolving. And the fact that they're just so, you know, they're, they're big and they can move and they can shift their weight and they're just so explosive. Um, so yeah, I mean it's great to see. It, it does obviously put more pressure on the elder statesman of um, Colsey and, and, and Code, but um, I mean, Cody's uh, an, epic, an epic trainer and, and he's got a massive work ethic, so he'll be wanting to, uh, he'll be wanting to put as much pressure on these young fellas as well. You just said you're, you're um, a little bit concerned about the Northern Hemisphere Tour, and I think a lot of people are. What about for the World Cup? Uh, do, does your concern extend that far as well? Um, not, not at the moment because you know we haven't tested ourselves against uh, against this northern hemisphere um, apart from Ireland. You know, so Ireland are clearly showing that they're going to be there or thereabouts, um, and they're probably a little bit ahead of us where we're at at the moment. But you know, the World Cup's still a wee way away. We just need to make sure that we get up to the northern northern hemisphere and, and put a good showing. Hopefully, win couple of or all of them I suppose and um, it would be good <laughs> um, and yeah I mean and then and then we can have a decent summer but um, if, if they don't it's going to be it's going to be a niggly summer <laughs> it's going to be a niggly summer but you'll have the you'll have the builders apron on you've, you've put down the working tools as far as rugby goes well no you've been playing club rugby a little birdie tells me but the <laughs> how are you enjoying the building caper Flinny? Yeah it's good mate it keeps uh, I haven't been able to stop uh, stop my eating um, since, <laughs> since retiring, so um, it helps keep that extra weight off. And um, you know, out in the sunshine, well, it's, it's getting into into summer now, so um, keeps me outside. And the banter's the banter's pretty good too. So um, yeah, I'm really enjoying it, mate. Keeps the body active, and uh, you know, the the aches and pains come and go. And um, I just don't know how many more winters I'm going to be able to last. Yeah. What's your speciality? What's your speciality? Are you a Windows guy? You're a dongles guy? What? No, mate. You just get me on frames and I'll stand them all day. <laughs> just in that grunt area. <laughs> Not too much thought required. 
<laughs> oh no, it's a little bit, but yeah, if they could just, just put me where I need to be. You need the engine, mate. I just get stuff done. Good on you, boy. Hey, awesome <laughs> to catch up with you, Flinny. Um, uh, thanks for joining us in your Smoko break. Go and have your sausage roll and your thermos of tea or whatever you do for Smoko. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Not a problem. Uh, more texts have come in. Got one here. No name. Staff. I wish I win. Picks up about $6 million for Waikato Stud. El Manzor size Victorian Derby winner for Cambridge Stud. Surely these newsworthy stories should make our newspapers one day out one day out from the Melbourne Cup, but not a word. Yeah, I know the Breakfast Show did a big uh, review of a wonderful day's well, weekend's racing, um, and it all just carries on, doesn't it? It's a fantastic time of the year if you're a racing fan. Um, tomorrow's Melbourne Cup day will be epic. We are bringing you the show live from the Fox tomorrow down on the Viaduct, and um, we'll have plenty of content for you there as well as the Melbourne Cup takes uh, takes hold. And of course, we're only a week away, well, less now, aren't we? Is it about a week from um, Cup of Show Week down in Christchurch in the New Zealand Trotting Cup? The IRT New Zealand Trotting Cup will be Tuesday week, so tomorrow week, so eight days away from that as well fantastic field for that and remember there's the New Zealand Galloping Cup um, and a whole lot of supporting races in Thoroughbred Harness and of course the New Zealand Greyhound Cup is on as well um, from Mark quick thing on the Woeful All Blacks go back and watch them in the tunnel ready to walk out all joking around pushing each other and laughing like it's a festival or like kids at a kindergarten the Japanese were steely eyed and determined as I've said before the culture in the All Blacks camp seems rotten to the core and it is unacceptable sorry not Mark that's Matt I did notice that when they were coming out actually um and then I think we saw in the pattern of play very early on the the commitment to the course from the Japanese just warmed my heart of of a team playing for the jersey. I, I thought they were fantastic. Um, we got the win, uh, yay! But um, a lot of lessons there, I think, and a big old test match against Wales coming up this weekend. Uh, we'll all be up watching that, won't we? News time, Johnny Mac. I need a music explainer. I need a music explainer, champion. Who is that? You need an explainer, an who explanation. Is, who uh, is that, that? That's Miller Yule. Miller Yule. Miller Yule. He's a um, yeah New, Ze- New Zealand artist. He uh, he went to my school. Oh, did he? Um, yeah, not not at the same time, but he like he'd left once I started and was always like uh, performing at our talent quests and stuff. And he was the uh, cousin of like the. Lady that was head of English or something, but yeah, she. Uh, yeah, I thought that was going to be the cousin of Stan Walker or something. No, 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 no. That that's just why he was like known around the school. You know, he kept coming back to perform, and yeah, he's uh, he's he's doing a doing a great job in the New Zealand music scene. There great. you go, Miller Yo. Wrap your laughing gear around that. A uh, couple of chats that have been on the station so far today. There's a guy called the 
Philly Captain, I think his name is, and he was on with the Breakfast Guys, a massive Philadelphia baseball fan. Of course, they're embroiled in the, um, well, not embroiled, they're involved in the World Series Major League Baseball finals, and I hadn't heard him before. They'd had him on before. I was listening to him on my drive into work this morning. What a hoot. Like, one of those absolute dyed-in-the-wall fans out of America just... It's so entertaining. So go and have a listen on the um, SENZ app on The Breakfast Show and just look for the Philly Captain chat. That was fantastic. And another good chat was uh, on mornings this morning, uh, the great Sam Hewitt filling in for Ian Stockley-Smith, who's overcalling the T20 World Cup. And he talked to New Zealand bowling coach Shane. Uh, now this is arguable. Is it Jurgensen or Jurgensen or Jurgensen? I always thought it was Jurgensen. Um, but, uh, and he actually lifted the lid a little bit on the tactics that they think they need to employ to get over the top of England, which was a very interesting chat. So two, two that you might want to have a listen to for, from a couple of the previous shows uh, that have been on so far today on SCNZ. And in fact, we got a, uh, I'll just see if I can find that text message here, which says, here it is. Hi, the Ricky Swinnell Trailblazers interview with Maya Jackman is well worth a listen if anyone missed it yesterday. Um, fantastic. There's so many good listens on the Trailblazers uh, tab on the SCNZ app as well. Some of the, well, it's so well-named, Trailblazers. And one of the great sports journalists, Ricky Swinnell, we're lucky to have her services. And Maya was in here last week and they went and recorded that. And I think, yes, it did play out over the weekend, but you can listen to it on demand as you can. All the shows, um, right through the New Zealand shows, Australian shows, the whole lot uh, is all there on the SCNZ app. So if you haven't got it, I would suggest go and have a crack, go and have a listen. Uh, The My Jackman one was great. Uh, More text messages, Staffy, the ABs will be okay. That's comforting. I thought Papali'i was great. 15 minutes, nine tackles, three turnovers. I agree with that part of your comment. I still can't agree with this one, Ken, because Ken says he should be captain, as I've always said. He could be a future captain, I don't think yet. Just let him concentrate being on a number seven, Ken. And Roger Tuivasa-Shek played his best game at 12, and Moanga will not win us a World Cup. Must install Bowden at 10, and well done to Japan. Uh, they did beat South Africa a few years back, remember. Thank you, Ken. Yeah, I think it was Rogers' best game at 12. A uh, couple of good try assists. Um, he's pretty solid on defence as well. Uh, hi, Staff. I love the Black Caps game. Their batting was great to watch after losing early key wickets. The maturity to bat sensibly. Rotate the strike, not panic. Accumulate and hit out when needed. In days gone by, it could have been a, a collapse. Bring on England. Cheers, Mark Christchurch. I agree. It just concerns me that we made 167 and 104 of them was one bloke and 63 were 10 blokes. Uh, and as someone pointed out earlier that uh, Phillips was dropped a couple of times. I mean, you ta- swings and roundabouts and you take your luck and who knows, if he had been caught when he was in the teens, someone else might have had the wherewithal to stand up. But what an innings that was. What a, what a remarkable innings that was. It was must-watch must TV. Um, Peter says Roger is now our third or fourth Roger is now number three or number four as a starter but could be first choice as a bench player yes how good was it to see Anton Leonard Brown back on the big stage He something you never lose is your nous 
for the game of rugby. And I know, having spoken to the Waikato coaching um, team, they said uh, like he was invaluable when he came in and he really worked with the midfielders there. Uh, he's a good student of the game and he sounds like he's a good teacher of the game. And uh, if he can stay fully fit, I think he's a very, very key component for this all-black team, for particularly World Cup here next year. Um, one from Blackie. Uh, Blackie's from Perth. Champion bloke. Why do we expect to continue to dominate in rugby? For years, it was the national pastime and we excelled beyond where we should have. Meanwhile, it was a bit player on the stage of other countries' sporting scene. Then it became professional and there are career paths in many countries now. So, of course, they will catch up and maybe pass us. If you are living and breathing a sport seven days a week, you'd be disappointed if you didn't make gains. Stop bellyaching and continue to support the All Blacks. Writing them off isn't going to help. We've made our bed with a coach, and we must lie on it. We have, and we are lying on it. Blackie, I think um, what people, the theme is what we're seeing is the innovation isn't there. The the penetration of attack isn't there. Um, the rust is there. The building blocks are there. And you'd think we would be starting to see something. I don't want to, I, I do not want to hear, and this is my personal view, I think every All Black is as important as the other other one. The only the only more important ones to me are a World Cup semi final and final. All the others are really, really important. And they just don't look like, and I'll hark back to that text before about um, the goofing around in the tunnel. Now, if they'd come out and won by 40 or 50 points against Japan, that goofing around in the tunnel wouldn't have been a, a conversation point. But because they didn't, then it does become on. You, you see what I'm saying? We go looking for weaknesses if we're seeing weaknesses on the field. And that's why all the javelins are being thrown at various parts of the All Blacks campaign, the coaching setup, the captaincy, the the tactics and all of that. And it's all through a passion and love of the All Blacks, not because we dislike them, um, not because the others have encroached. Other teams have got better and better and better over since rugby was professional. And how long's that? 25 years ago. They've always got better, but so have the All Blacks. I think the sentiment now is all the other teams are getting better and the All Blacks aren't. They're stagnated, they're, they're standing still when it comes to tactics, when it comes to innovation, when it comes to implementation, and it needs a look at. That, that's what I'm hearing from people. The other thing I'm hearing, <laughs> I heard it from Captain K all morning about YouTubers doing boxing. Now, I watched the Jake Paul Anderson Silva fight yesterday. Anderson Silva, one of the greatest one of the greatest mixed martial arts fighters ever, ever. Now, remember mixed martial arts is boxing, wrestling, jiu-jitsu, and anything else you can, you can throw out. Boxing's just one part of the disciplines. Jake Paul's a YouTuber. They fought yesterday, and Jake Paul won on points. There were a lot of people saying it was fixed, and Anderson Silva clearly won the fight. I've watched hundreds, probably more than a 1,000 boxing fights. He didn't win that fight, Anderson Silva. He was outpointed. He was knocked down in the last round, second last round, so that's an automatic 10-8 point system. But Jake Paul, I really want him to fight a boxer that can throw punches down the pipe straight because all of his punches, apart from a fairly soft right jab, is it's all roundhouse. 
Someone throws it down the pipe, he's going to go. Now, Captain K, I know you're a massive fan of YouTubers boxing, aren't you? Stevie, look, as soon as you said Jake Paul, to be fair, I was making a video for our Instagram at Afternoons for Steffi. As soon as you said Jake Paul, mate, my, my stomach started turning and I knew that you were going to bring this up. Like, I'm so against YouTube boxing now. Look, it started as something really cool, like these guys trying out something new for their for their content, for their brand, for their followers. And it's just, it's gone too far with Jake Paul. Like, tell me, double eight, double three, tell me if I'm wrong. <laughs> Every fight that Jake Paul had is fixed. Like, it's fixed. Of course, Anderson Silva got knocked down. Because if he didn't get knocked down, it, it would have been so bad, everyone saying that he actually won the fight. Like, you can you can sit there with, look at Tyron Woodley. Like, Jake, like, tell me if I'm wrong again. But Jake clearly gives a sign when he's going to throw the knockout punch. Mm-hmm. Woodley, who was one of the greatest UFC fighters of all time, folds like a like a bloody like a sheet. It it doesn't make sense to me, Steph. Like, tell me, and you're so right. If he gets in the ring with any boxer and they throw one straight jab, he's going to none eyes, mate. Like, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. I can't tell you you're wrong, but I did hear that after the fight, he called out. Was it Canelo? He called out Canelo. Please say yes, Canelo. Mate, like, no, no, no. <laughs> Don't say no, because then Canelo's credibility is gone. Everything he's worked for is gone, because he's got, like, Steffi, tell me, you know how your your ex-bookmaker went off for the All Blacks taking that last kick? <laughs> tell me that you weren't sweating and scratching any time that Jake Paul gets in the ring. Like, I I'm, I'm, have no experience in any sort of... Uh, observing match fixing or whatever like that but but just tell me that any of Jake Paul's fights go back and watch any of them that they're not rigged yep. it's just it's a raucous it's a dis, it's so disrespectful to the sport of boxing well, when I was watching that fight yesterday in that first round Anderson Silva I, and the commentators mentioned it I've never seen a round of boxing where a fighter didn't throw one punch Three minutes, he didn't throw one punch, and Jake Paul threw a few, not much landed. And in the second round, Anderson Silva was great and was getting inside, but all of his punches had they had no onions behind them. They were they were landing, but with no force. And that's when I was like, uh, I would query it. But it's not sanctioned by any boxing council. It's not for a belt. It's not for anything. It's purely for pay per view and sponsorship, and it's millions. And I guess it's just it's just a buyer beware. Mm. Good on him for winning the, all that <coughs> money that he's taken. He's getting up there with Floyd now. Mm. Speaking of which, his brother, his brother boxed Floyd. All that time ago. Mate, tell me this whole thing isn't rigged. I'm out, Steph. Thank you very much. I can't do it anymore, Steffi. <laughs> Zade's backing up and says he, uh, he didn't watch the Jake Paul fight yesterday. I don't like him. He's a bit of a dickhead. And I think that sums up everyone. Uh, Logan Paul is fighting for the main belts in WWE this Sunday in Saudi Arabia. That says enough about tell it. Tell me too, that's, not it? Rigged, <laughs> that's not rigged, Steffi. That's not rigged. That's not rigged. Oh dear. Uh, fantastic win by the Black Caps. They're having a great T20 Cricket World Cup. Uh, a lot of you have texted about what a fantastic performance was. Let's have a chat after the break to someone that's uh, been in the Black Caps environment, currently part of the campaign for the Auckland Aces, George Worker, former Black Cap himself. He'll join the show straight after the break. Well, what a start to the T20 World Cup for the Black Caps. It was a uh, a fantastic win against Australia, a bit of a scare against Sri Lanka, but a comfortable win in the end. To talk about a bit of international cricket, a bit of domestic cricket, as well as a former Black Cap, still plying his trade, though, valuable player in any team he joins. Georgie Worker joins us. G'day, George. 
G'day, Steffi. How are you? Good, mate. Have you enjoyed the T20 World Cup, particularly from the Black Caps so far? Yeah, absolutely. Um, geez, I've got on a bit of a roll and they're playing a nice brand of cricket. It's good to watch, isn't it? Really good to watch. Um, there's Team selection-wise, there's been a bit of a talk around the Black Caps. Uh, the likes of Marty Guptill and Adam Milne left out. Uh, Mark Chapman made way for Daryl Mitchell in Saturday's match. What do you think of the selections we've been making? Um, oh, yeah, I guess, I mean, it's tough to know until you, until you're riding that camp, but I mean, it's, it's hard, hard to say no to buddy, um, poor, uh, old, old Finn Allen, Jesus, the way he's been, he's been hitting the ball and the way he took on those Aussies sort of set the, set the tone for us really leading into the whole World Cup and, um, yeah, poor feel, feel for guts, obviously, um, he's been such a great servant at the top of the order there for such a long time, but, um, that's the nature of professional cricket and, and then the other selections, I guess Daryl, um, you know, he had that knock to his finger and um, that was probably always going to happen. He was going to come back in. And then, yeah, and then Milne, I guess it's, um, it's a pretty, pretty tough com- uh, competition in that, in that bowling rank. So I'm not actually not sure whether he's 100% fully fit as well. I'm not too sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough because it's just such a strong team at the moment. And um, those guys sort of fighting for a position, it's, it's always sort of going to be difficult when you're on a bit of a roll. I made the comment before the World Cup that I thought the young guys were the key for us going into the tournament, and particularly someone like Fennellan, who hasn't had years and years of being the whipping boy for Australia in Australia. He goes in with a clear mind. Um, he's come a ro- come along at the right time, hasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, yeah, when he came onto the scene a couple of years ago with Stephen Wellington and just bloody... Um, hit the ball here all the years at Park. He sort of almost started a new brand of cricket here in New Zealand and he's just got that, you know, as you say, those young guys have played that, played that fearless cricket and, um, yeah, for him to go over to Aussie with, I guess, yeah, as you say, without any scars and just carry on the way he has been playing sort of for, for Wellington, really, which is the positive. He didn't go in and change the way the way he was playing and, um, and then, yeah, for it to happen the first game, game of the tournament and just set the tone. Um, and then I think you could just see that the confidence flow throughout the rest of the team so it was awesome. Uh, tomorrow night we head to Brisbane probably well definitely our toughest match now it's going up against England your thoughts going into the match do you think do you think we'll make any changes or do we need to do anything differently? No I don't think so I think 2020 cricket is such a game of momentum I think I think they'll try and keep the team the same um, and it looks like all the batters are in form I mean the way GP played the other day just that was unbelievable on a pretty tough surface. I think it was probably um, it was probably a par 140 wicket, and and, and you know, I think he was the only one who really came out and, and timed the ball. So um, yeah, I don't think they'll make any changes. But I mean, 2020 it can go either way, can it? And um, Wellington, uh, sorry, England. I've got so many match winners themselves. So I mean, whether we win it or lose it, I mean, I don't think it'll dent the confidence of the boys too much. It's the amazing thing about T20, isn't it? Because one player in an 11-man team can win a game, and we saw that with, with Phillips. Without him, we were cooked. Um, is that a good thing for T20? Oh, yeah, I mean, it depends the, probably the way you look at it. It really, um, yeah, it probably suits those match winners like like a Finn or a, or a Glenn. Um, sometimes it can be, for a spectator, sometimes it can be a little bit, Boring, you know, when someone goes out and scores 120 or whatever, and then the sort of game could be over at half time. So you, a lot of those, a lot of those 2020 games, you get those sort of lopsided, lopsided games. Whereas the one day format, 
I think it takes probably more of a team performance and definitely, you know, the test format. So I guess the way, yeah, it depends, depends the way you look at it. It's exciting to watch when someone goes like that. Um, but, yeah. I want to talk about your cricket a bit. You're involved in the domestic scene, which we are following here as well. Uh, you started off with the Stags, then you went to Canterbury for a couple of years, back to the Stags. Now you're up in Auckland. Um, you nearly covered all the regions, uh, Georgie. <laughs> but in your second season at Auckland, how are you finding it? Yeah, really enjoying it. Um, yeah, great bunch of lads. Um, yeah, so second season there. We haven't we haven't started this season as well as we would have liked. We're over from two in the Plunkett Shield, but um, but last season we had a really poor start as well. We ended up winning two competitions. So, um, you know, it doesn't take much to turn around. The boys have been training really well and um, the spirits are still high. It's just, you know, it's the way bloody professional sport goes sometimes. You don't get the best starts and then you you got to just need one win to get yourselves back on track. But, no, nah, I really enjoy my cricket. Um, probably enjoying my cricket more than I ever have, to be honest. So, um, yeah, it's um, it's been awesome. Generally, quite a young team, so you sort of assume a bit of a leadership mantle. How resilient are the youngsters in the team with an 0 2 start? Yeah, I mean, yeah, certainly um, probably dents the confidence of a few of the boys, but I think the young guys these days, as you say, they sort of, it's like water off a duck's back a little bit. They just, most of the guys are so confident and, um, and yeah, I mean, I guess we're just trying to tell the young guys not to ride the roller coaster too much. Professional sport and especially cricket, you're going to have more poor days than, than good days. So it's just about, you know, get, making sure the guys, buddy, stay even headed and keep training hard. And um, yeah, the results will turn out. We've got a bloody talented side and everyone works hard. So um, we won't be far away. You're known for your batting, uh, George Worker, but you know you, you bowl some handy left-arm orthodox. In fact, you haven't conceded a run this season off your bowling. Uh, one, <laughs> one over, one maiden. I'll take it. Yeah, one over, <laughs> one maiden. Is that a, is that a preference that you don't? But would you like to bowl a little bit more? Um, I would in, in the white ball format. Yeah, I mean, especially 2020 and one day. I think if you can bat at the top of the order and you can offer something with the ball, it certainly um, certainly helps. But um, at the same time, we've got some a couple of good good spinners in our side. The likes of a Will Somerville and a young Eddie Ashok who just took Piper on debut. So um, I don't need a bowl to be honest. Auckland, <laughs> when we've got those two rolling their arms over. Right. So this weekend you're heading to Wellington, taking on Wellington. Uh, fantastic clash. This lines up. How's the squad feeling going into this one? Yeah, I mean, as you say, we've sort of opened two, which has been a bit frustrating, but. Um, we had a wee chat after the game and sort of said, let's just, you know, stay nice and even-headed. And um, it's always a big challenge going down to the basin. The wicket's usually pretty green and I've got a pretty good bowling attack, but um, so do we. So, um, yeah, I mean, our, I think the, the Plunkett Shield and the domestic competition can be, it's so um, it's so competitive that anyone can beat anyone. So I think it's just important to stay level-headed and, and stay up for it. And um, as I say, our results will turn up. We're just... Um, you know, it's always tough defending the shield, um, but you know the boys are fizzing for it, so we'll be right. And just two more rounds of four-day Plunkett Shield before getting into. We've got the one-day Ford Trophy, then the T20 Super Smash gets started uh, just before Christmas. So there's heaps of domestic cricket played over summer. Have you got a favourite competition domestically? Um, I personally like the one-day format. I just think it incorporates all facets of the game but um, in terms of trying to win a competition I think four day cricket's the probably the most um, rewarding I think it takes a, a whole a whole squad and 
Um, not it is, it, we're talking about the 2020 game earlier. I think sometimes one person can have a great game, or one person can have a, a couple of people have a great tournament, and you win the 2020 competition. Whereas the four-day format takes takes everyone, and and it's definitely the hardest to win. So I think that has still the most value. Um, but personally, I think one-day cricket suits my game the most. Now, since you captained Palmy Boys first eleven, Nihil Bonasino Labore, uh, you've travelled all around the world, both with the Black Caps um, and all of these other leagues all over the world. Have you have you got a favourite a favourite time abroad amongst your cricket career? Oh, favourite time abroad! I'll probably go back to when I was playing for CD and we went over to South Africa for um, back then. It was the what was it the Champions Champions League? Yes. Remember they had about. They had two teams from sort of Aussie, with one from New Zealand, two from South Africa, and then I think it was a top four IPL teams. And I was only 21, and two of South Africa, it was amazing. And we played against the Chennai Super Kings and sold out stadium. So <laughs> for me, that was probably um, the first real look at the world stage. So that was probably a highlight. It was an amazing trip. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, well, Georgie, uh, awesome to catch up with you, mate. Um, rest up and uh, looking forward to you going and attacking down in Wellington. Thanks for joining us today. Good man. Cheers. Looking forward to catching up. Cheers, Dave. I'll take your taxi for the ride. Easy for the night, my love. Cut is glimmer and smoke. Black and white colliders go. More classic Kiwi tunes. I feel like I know who that is, but I can't pick it. Robbie? Are we, are we playing quiz? Guess guess the New Zealand artist? It is a New Zealand artist. It is. And I'll know it, eh? Uh, yeah, they. Uh, it's a it's a nickname for an NPC site. Part of it. <laughs> it's the Marcos. <laughs> it's yeah, the, it's well, the Turbos. No, no. You, it's the you Stags. Were right the, you were right the first time. Oh, is it? Kind of, but Marco Road. Marco Road. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Where is Marco Road? Great question, actually. I think they're Christchurch based. Okay. So probably down there somewhere. Probably had a flat in Marco Road. But probably. Like, but like Ada Street, Palmy. 660. 660. Yep. Um, cricket. You're our cricket nuffy. I, I guess so, unofficially. Uno- well, I'm going to make you the official right, one. Fair yeah, enough. Just I a like text it. message from Jeff here says, Hey, Steph, I think the black cap openers treat the Sri Lankan bowlers with disrespect, boarding on arrogance. History tells us they're very good and young. Ignore that at your peril. And Jeff, uh, thank you for your text. I think you mean that they didn't, when you say disrespected them, maybe underestimated their ability. I'm, I'm guessing that's what. What you say? What what did you, what do you make of that text? Yeah, may, maybe maybe um that's more the line. I'd I'd like some clarification. I I don't <laughs> I, I I didn't see as much arrogance. I guess um one thing that I did find quite interesting there was a video. There was a commentator that uh, was asked the question of like how does Sri Lanka get Finn Allen out? And he said they need to bowl that spinner, which I can't remember his name, and like attack him and try and get him out really early and um, attack his off stump. And yeah, they did exactly that and got him. So um, yeah, fair play to Sri Lanka. Um, I think they just they just outclassed our, our top order. So fair enough. England taking on New Zealand. Who's favourites to win impartially? Who do you think would be favourite to win that? 
I think I think England are favourites. Um, yeah, it's it's hard to say because obviously, yeah, not not seeing any results in the tournament, England are definitely favourites. But um, but yeah, we we've definitely had more comprehensive victories than they have. So yeah, that that puts us yeah slightly slightly higher up. But because I, I was thinking England not getting that game against Australia could help us when we play Probably, England. Yeah, a little bit. I think so. If we can beat if we can beat England here, we would have beaten Australia and England in round robin. That's, and and that's then missing. and then we move on to the semi finals and take on like India, South Africa, Pakistan. Like it's, it's never ending, it's isn't it? Never ending. We, yeah. Yeah. So just having a look at the odds here: dollar fifty one are England, two forty New Zealand. Um, so it's not warm, warm favourites. The other ones we've got Aussie unbackable against Ireland, Afghanistan two forty, Sri Lanka one forty two. Afghanistan, Rashid, they can beat anyone. Uh, Zimbabwe, 140 against the Netherlands, 216. India, Bangladesh is a 115 $5 match. And Pakistan, are 230 against South Africa at 154. It's been great, the T20 World Cup. But I've given Robbie the mission, and he has passed this in flying colours in the past, the weird and the wonderful of what's making news around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, I've, I've just, just been handed an urgent... urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. What's making news around the world? Let's find out. I'm back under pressure, Steph. You it's, are? It's, it's been a while. Um, yeah, as, as we know, Sam, Sam was on mornings today. So I've, I've stepped up and once again I've got big shoes to fill, I would say. Um, but yeah, done it a few times before. It's gone gone all right, I think. <laughs> Let's see how um, so, you go today. So let, let's see how What's it goes What's making today. news? Let, let's get into it. So we all know Lotto. We all know how it works and how unlikely you are to win. In mm. fact, according to Lotto New Zealand, uh, if you buy a $7 ticket, your odds of winning first division are 1 in 383,838. So that's just a side fact for you. It's pretty crazy. But so so <laughs> <laughs> Captain K chipping in from yep. the releases. Yep. Uh, but someone does have to win. And a family over in Maryland has done just that. Now, we know how unlikely it is for just one person to win. Mm. But how about this? The Maryland Lottery said that a 61-year-old Hampstead man bought a $1 straight bet ticket for the October 13th Pick 5 evening drawing. The man's 28-year-old daughter and his 31-year-old son bought tickets for the same drawing from the same store. All three tickets bore the number combination 53834, which turned out to be the winning numbers in the drawing, earning each ticket a $50,000 prize. <laughs> wow. Lucky, lucky family. What are the odds? What are the odds? Mm. Someone, someone let us know. Double eight, double three. <laughs> <laughs> no one's got a calculator no, with that no, many fields. No, yeah, no, fair enough. Uh, so the next story, over to Iran. And a man formerly described as the world's dirtiest has died soon after he was finally talked into having a shower. No. Yeah, so the Iranian man reportedly gave up washing 67 years ago after becoming convinced that it could bring him bad luck and even kill him. <laughs> He short, was right. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. A short documentary was made in 2013, and uh, in the 2014, the Tehran Times reported on his unusual lifestyle choices, such as eating raw roadkill, drinking from puddles, and smoking a pipe filled with dry animal excrement when he ran out of tobacco. Oh, God. Yeah, so... What? And how old, how old was he, does it say? Um, he it, did it for it, 67 it years. Yeah. 
So you'd have to think he's 80 at yeah, least. Yeah, I, th- I think he was in his like 80s or 90s. But um, yeah, he, w- he was actually known for his good health, apparently, with um, scientists even running tests on him last year to see if he, if he had any uh, diseases or parasites. Mm. And um, yeah, they found a trichinosis parasitic infection, which appeared to be causing no symptoms. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, apparently uh, uh, the, for the first time a few months ago, villagers had taken him to a bathroom to wash and then he became ill and died at his home shortly after, though no link has been established. No, well, it wouldn't. Otherwise, we're going to have a world of smelly people. Exactly. And uh, and finally, Steph, over to the UK. We're uh, uh, Worcestershire, I think. Worcestershire? Is that... I think they say Worcester. Worcester. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, well, I, as long as I didn't come out and say Worcestershire, because I just know <laughs> that's wrong. Uh, so a pub there has played host to a gathering of 372 Nigels. Because <laughs> they've all got no mates, but now they have. <laughs> pub landlord Nigel Smith, who runs the Fleece Inn, has made it his life goal to boost the popularity of his name. And in doing so, he's created the dedicated Nige Fest, which attracts <laughs> hundreds to toast to all things Nigel. <laughs> so he, ca- he came up with the idea after realising that his name had become officially extinct, according to new birth records in 2016 and 2020. Um, so in keeping with the theme, the entertainment was provided by musicians called Nigel, and attendees brought photo ID and signed the Book of Nigel, kept at the pub. Fantastic. Yeah, so it... it uh, the Nigel Fest actually broke the world record for the largest gathering of Nigels, one record that you wouldn't think would have existed before then. Mm. Uh, back in 2019, when 432 joined him, uh, but this time it was just 372. So you know the next thing I'm going to say. What is it? Let's get him on the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great idea. Let's get... so. Um... Maybe Afternoons with Staffy OB from the next Nigel Fest. Oh, that'd be fantastic. It really would. So you 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 do your research, yep. send him off a message, right. and see if we can get him on the show. Great idea. So I've got some facts, um, and I've, I've, I've got quite a few, actually, because I, cause, cause I, w- I wasn't sure. One of them... Tell you what, give me one now, yep. and we'll get to the others before the news. All right. So... Well, one of them, I'm not, I'm not actually 100% sure if it's been said on the station yet, but it's a very recent fact, and it's a, it's a record that was broken uh, in the All Blacks game oh. against Japan. Right. Um, and it's, it's something that uh, hasn't happened since 2015. Right. Which is, do you want, do you want to have a, any random guess? No collapse scrums. <laughs> I like it, but uh, it's actually Barrett not being on the team sheet. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Actually, so, I did hear that in the commentary. Uh, Tony Johnson mentioned right, it. First yeah, time yeah. since 2015, no Barrett. Yeah. That's so, a good fact, though. Thank you. It's a fact um, of Saturday, but hey, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll make, it, a, we'll make a, it live today. Exactly. Save the rest of your facts, because right now we're going to ask for calls to play The Vault, a $200 TAB bonus bet, Melbourne Cup tomorrow. Melbourne Cup tomorrow, you'd love the $200 bonus bet. 0800-150, if you think you can open The Vault, give us a call, 0800-150-811. Three questions, one answer. Can you crack the vault? It's time. Uh, $200 TAB bonus bet up for grabs. And Captain K spun the chocolate wheel out the back and it landed on line two. And that is, I believe, Luke. G'day, Luke. Good afternoon, Steph. How are you? Very well, sir. Um... Now, here's how it goes. You get three questions, but before you ask your three yes-no questions, you can ask 
two questions of day one. They're numbered one to seven. So you can say, I want question four and five or whatever two you want. One from the next day, one from the next day, and then you can do your three. And then you can guess what the sporting moment is. Right. So day one, okay. I had seven questions. Which two would you like to hear? Three and four. Three and four was, is it an individual sport? Yes. Number four, does the sport involve a ball? Yes. So there are those two. Then the next day, you're allowed to pick one of them, numbers one to five. Go four. Four. Does it involve a medal? The answer is no. And then the next day, you're allowed one more. Two. Number two. Does it involve Tiger Woods' first major win? The answer is no. So now you get three yes-no questions yourself. Go for gold. Does it involve a hole-in-one? Does it involve a hole-in-one? Captain K. See, I don't know the answer, but Captain K, Sam has told him the answer. So Captain K, does it involve a hole-in-one? No. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) No, see, you thought you knew what it was, and now you don't. I've got a couple of options, but I'll go with, does it involve a... is it in the Masters? Does it involve the Masters, Kieran? It does. Oh, that's a yes. <laughs> this is the third. Here we go. You got your third. Third and final, and then a, then a guess. I've got. There's only one thing I'm thinking it is. So I'm going to say, does it involve? <laughs> does it involve a chip shot? Does it involve a chip shot? My hands are sweating. <laughs> it does. It does involve, involve a, chip. a chip shot. So your guess, Luke, is 2005 Masters, the 16th hole chip shot from Tiger. Right. Put that in the vaults, uh, Robinio. Oh. Oh, the drama. And uh, he's picked out a landing spot that is a good yes. 25 feet above the hole. Beauty. <laughs> There's a good Beauty. chance he doesn't get this inside the Marcos ball. He's done it. Beautiful. That was my third pack. Take it. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome, buddy. $200 TRB bonus bet. Who's your pick for the Melbourne Cup tomorrow? Smoking Romans. Really? Just like that? Yeah, I I like this round in the Caulfield. Mm, I always take the Geelong Mm. Cup winner, and it's paying $31. No wet track form, though. Yeah, that's going to be niggly, isn't it? Mm. The wet track. Well, well done, buddy. Congratulations. Thanks, mate.
Cheers, mate. Thank you. Cheers, buddy. There it is. There is the vault. Oh, me, oh, my. He did enjoy that. Yes, boy. Um, Tiger Woods, 2005, 16th hole, chip in. Far out. And I think everyone should um, thank contestant number three. And their first question of that day was, was Tiger Woods involved? And the answer was yes. And then we narrowed it down. I thought when he said, does it involve a hole in one, that was gonna, we were going to go to 250 tomorrow. But no, we got to 200. So congratulations to Luke for winning the $200 TAB bonus bet. Oh, I hope they put it into his account by tomorrow. I really do. Because for some reason, I think the bonus bets are paid out on Thursdays, but I might be wrong. Anyway, we'll take a break. Well done to Luke. We'll have more vaults in the coming days. We'll be back after a short break. Someone just texted in saying, G'day, Steph, I don't know whether you saw Scott McLaughlin's um, social media post. Uh, where, did, where has it gone? Don't know if you've seen it, but Scotty McLaughlin's social media post from the Gold Coast uh, V8s when SVG purposely did burnouts in front of him after winning. How good. Um, here it is. Uh, and he's just put pretty happy with the old mate Skid. And he's doing it right in front of Scotty McLaughlin, who's given it the big chahu afterwards. And someone said, did he know that's exactly where you were? And he said, I may have told him if he won to do a skid in front of us. And he came through with the chocks. It was really cool, actually, um, seeing Scotty McLaughlin, Shane Van Gisbergen, um, well, Scotty supporting Shane, uh, because they were not bitter rivals, but very competitive rivals when Scotty McLaughlin was still in the V8 supercars. And geez, he put on a show, SVG, yesterday. Very hard circuit to pass. Like a lot of that track is only about two and a half car widths wide around the streets of the Gold Coast. But it was fantastic viewing. Um, fantastic. And Scotty McLaughlin gets the chocolates again. And the other one I, I loved watching, and I watched the replay, and um, it was Hayden Wilde. And he uh, came third in the final race of the series of the World Triathlon Short Course Champs, whatever it's called, Super League. Um, but picked up the winner's check of 50,000. I just love watching that guy compete. It was just fantastic. Anyway, we'll take a break for new sport and weather. And then our next half hour, we're going to go across the ditch and catch up with Matty White. And just like that. Oh. Hoping for a song. a song about Robbie. Well, that's just unnecessary, isn't it? Well, you're just a bit late on the tunes there, Oh, Jim. that's fair enough. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I was going to blame technology, but I, I, don't, I don't have to. Sticky, I sticky yep. button bar. Yep, that's, that's always the way. Um, before we get to some of your facts, because um, you, you do come up with some rippers, I'm going to be honest. Uh, the Rugby Run is a show that's on on the weekends. Um, and I'm just going to read a few of... Justin Marshall's quotes, actually, which I find interesting. He said the most impressive player for him was Dalton Papali'i. Probably impressed me the most out of anybody that's come off the bench so far this season. The work that he got through, I think he got through nine tackles in 40 minutes and he completed, sorry, he competed at every breakdown. His defence was outstanding. He carried hard. He really has put his hand up. He hasn't had a lot of game time and it's probably been a bit of a frustrating second half of the season after he was so outstanding with the Blues. Um, And he's talking about the dilemma 
because now there is an opportunity with Kane injured. It's just about where head coach Ian Foster goes. Does he introduce Artie Savia? Does he bring Artie into the side of the scrum? Does he stick with a genuine number eight in Hoskins Satutu? Or does he prefer number eight for Artie and then Dalton to get his opportunity? Then we have the equation of Scott Barrett at blindside now with what's going to possibly happen to Retallick, which will probably mean that Scott Barrett's going to be forced back into lock. But just a Marshall thought, Tupo Va'i was pretty good on Saturday night and I thought he had a good shift and plenty of promise. But Papa Lee really did show that he has got something that the All Blacks could really utilise. And I agree to a degree, actually, and I know Ken and Zade have been screaming for Papa Lee, but what I saw from him came on, when he came on, was the urgency in that 15-minute block that we'd seen for the preceding 65-minute block from the Japanese. And I'm starting to think that's why Ken wants his, his captain, because he's a, a lead-by-example type guy. And I, there was a tweet out from Keith Quinn, um, the godfather of uh, rugby commentary. Sorry, that would probably be Winston McCarthy. But anyway, Keith Quinn tweeted and said, the All Blacks need a captain like Duplessis, Karifi, all arms and legs, passion and punch and power. And he got a bit reamed old, Keith Quinn, because people were saying Duplessis, Karifi isn't even in the top six or seven uh, open side flankers take your Wellington eye patch off. But as Keith pointed out, he's wired up a Bushman, not a, not a Wellington man. But I don't think he meant Duplessis should be in the All Blacks captaining them. But he was talking about the attitude and the um, the wherewithal of someone like a Duplessis, Karifi. And like we saw the Brave Blossoms, I thought they, they just had their sleeves rolled up. And when Dalton Papali'i came on, that's what he had. Samasoni Takiaho, he has it as well. Finley Christie has it as well. What do you what do you what do they got in common? New All Blacks. The new All Blacks with the passion and the drive to play their guts out. Maybe they've maybe they've twigged onto something there. Uh but Robbie, uh, when we did the what's making news, you said you had a uh, a few other snippets of facts so I'm looking forward to these I've saved them uh, because 306 307 is my favorite time of the day oh that, that's great <laughs> I, I feel so honored um yeah I've, I've got I've got a few facts here what one of the one of them I had actually heard before I found it so I was like I'll get I'll get some other ones that you might not have heard so I don't, I don't know if you've heard this but apparently green eggs and ham the book dr Seuss dr Seuss started as a bet Oh, so uh, the Doctor Seuss classic. It grew out of a bit with uh, with his editor that he could not create a book using fewer than fifty different words, and the editor put fifty dollars on the line and lost. Oh wow! Yeah, Green Eggs and Ham. It's like something like Sam I Am. Yeah, it's just a lot of words that rhyme with ham. Yeah, I had that kid when I was a book. So I had that yeah, book when I was a kid. <laughs> <Clipper>. <laughs> um, That's Christmas tape. <laughs> Got got another one. Uh, a shrimp's heart is in its head. Okay. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, a bit these weird. Are, these are just facts that you can't really say anything <laughs> off the back. Of it. You just got to be like, all right. Well, well, yeah. Do they say sink with your heart, not your head? Or what? What's the what what's is the, the shrimp? shrimp? What's, what's, what's the shrimp equivalent of that saying? Does it? Do they just say think? Yeah. <laughs> think, think, think. I don't think they can speak. To be fair, so no. it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Any more? Cool. Any more um, of these gems? Uh, it is physically impossible for pigs to look up into the sky. Sco- <laughs> 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 yes, I've heard that one because they can't lift their heads. They're basically like snouts to the trough type scenario, isn't it? That's correct. Have yeah, you recovered? I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. Um, it's yeah, emotional my, for you, isn't yeah, it? It really is. <laughs> um, 
and so, uh, one that's kind of so, sort of related um, to, to, to what I'm dealing with at the moment. Um, if you sneeze too hard, apparently you could fracture a rib. I've it's heard possible. of that. Yeah. You know, I, like, I think I had a rib chat last year because I was doing a show in December. It wasn't long before Christmas, and I had to bail. I had to bail with an hour to go on the show. I was in so much pain and ended up in the hospital and I had a um, a broken rib. And I just said, I have no idea. You'd think you'd know how you break a rib. And they they said, funnily enough, it's, very, it's not uncommon, not very common, it's not uncommon to break a rib either sneezing or rolling over in your sleep. Now, I, I 100% knew I hadn't sneezed, but I do roll over in my sleep, as does most people, and they said it's... It's because you're unconscious and you might turn in an unnatural way and it can snap. And they think that's what happened to me. Broke my rib sleeping. Not very exciting, eh? Yeah. Well, the, the, th- <laughs> the things we talk about on this show, fra- fractured ribs. You enjoy it, get, though. Get the doctor on the show. Mm. Um, Jeff the Refs texted in and said, uh, 2005, we talked about uh, the trick that opened the vault, which was... Uh, a key component. Um, 2005 was also the year that Cambo beat Tiger at the US Open, Jeff the Ref. You are bang on correct. 2005, what else happened in 2005? It wasn't an Olympic year. It wasn't a Rugby World Cup year. 2005, five stands alone as Michael Campbell's year. Uh, Jeff, thank you, gentlemen, read my comments on the Black Caps openers against Sri Lanka. I stand chastised. <laughs> A very good bowling plan executed to perfection has increased my viewing knowledge and enjoyment. Cheers, Jeff. And I'm not being sarcastic. Jeff, always feel free. Anybody can feel free whenever they want to text in and um, or ring in. In fact, I know I haven't given you much notice with this, but I'm really keen to hear from someone if you've been to a Women's World Cup game, event, a triple-header, double-header, single game. What's the experience like? I haven't been to one yet. Live. What's it like live? And I'd imagine if you've been to a Women's World Cup game, you've probably been to other rugby games in New Zealand. Can you tell me the difference? Can you tell me the similarities? The cost, the food, the experience of being there live? Because we're at the pointy end now. Do you advocate that people should get themselves down to the ground? Should they go and experience the live atmosphere, the life nature of supporting um, particularly the Black Ferns but any any of the teams that remain which are England, Canada New Zealand and France, should they go along and watch? Um, so really keen to hear your experiences on uh, the Rugby Women's World Cup. So do give us a call if you've been to one. I'd just like to know how it was. How did you enjoy it? Whether it was Eden Park uh, out in um, West Auckland at Trust Stadium, up in Whangarei do let me know. 0800 150 Rugby World Cup, uh, Women's Rugby World Cup, uh, game day experiences, what was like? Because someone texted them before saying the music was great, so I'm picking you with there. Do give us a bell. We'll take a break. Hopefully someone will ring up and tell us what the live experience is at Women's Rugby World Cup. We will come back after a break.
Oh, Ravinio, doing your bit for New Zealand music today. What, what's got it? Is, it? is it your loyalty streak, is it? Like a great weekend for New Zealand sports, are you? Is that a New Zealand artist? Of course it is. Isn't it? Is it not? I don't not? think so. Oh, no. don't you? Uh, yeah, yeah he, he is English. Yeah, no, Who is it's, it? um, uh, Dan Black. Just you come up with stuff I've never heard, eh? Yeah, well... Yeah, that, that's what I try to do. It's actually, um, I'm, I'm, I'm a big player of the FIFA games. Right. Um, and that was FIFA 11. Oh, which was it? Was, uh, the theme song fe- for FIFA 11? No, nah, well, th- they have a soundtrack with heaps of different music, and it, it just tends to be music that people haven't really heard of that often. Right. But, um, yeah, it's a uh, nostalgia. And just, uh, yeah, found it. Thought I'd play it. Why not? <laughs> Good tune. Uh, we've had a few texts asking what's happened to the GWE top of TV character Jamboree. Um, it's just on hold at the moment because Sammy is the keeper of all things GWE TV character, top of TV character Jamboree. Um, that will resume on Wednesday <clears throat> because obviously big Melbourne Cup day tomorrow. Um, actually, just while I'm talking about the Melbourne Cup, the TAB have done a cool thing here actually. If I'm just going to click on it and you go on the TAB website, if you're trying to figure out how on earth am I going to pick a Melbourne Cup winner and they've got a little um, like a website and you can click on it and it will tell you which horse you should back and so um, let me just see if I can find it the power plate here it's called which Melbourne Cup runner is for me so I'm going to do this with Captain K Captain K get your headphones on listen to me get your microphone ready okay so you click on find out here so Captain K, which is your favourite hobby out of these four things? A walk on the beach, a run around the park, sleeping, or horsing around? Oh, probably horsing around. To horsing be fair. around. I pick that one. What is your favourite accessory? Blinkers, aluminium stirrups, a fleece shadow roll, or velvet saddle cover? Ooh. I'd probably. I'd, oh. Blinkers, I, yeah. I, I was just thinking about. It. I'd say blinkers. Blinkers. I like what, look at the, the blinkers when they're about to jump. Right up. I don't know anything about horses, by the way. Which if he's asking me this. Which one of these is your favourite song? Old Town Road, The Horses, Black Horse and Cherry, or Wild Horses by the Rolling Stones? There's only one answer there, mate. The horses. The horses. Daryl Braithwaite. Right. Next one. What is your favourite coloured horse? Black, brown. Grey or bay? As my uh, granddad used to say, if it's grey, you're back it all day. So I'm taking grey, Steffi. Grey. What is your favourite food? Horseradish, carrots, horse chestnuts or multigrain bread? Uh, I can see in the dark, so carrots. <laughs> what is your favourite car? A Mitsubishi Colt, a Ferrari F8, a Ford Mustang or a Hyundai Pony? Oh. Probably the Ferrari. Of course it is. Max Verstappen. Which is your favourite sports team? The Broncos, the Brumbies, the Brisbane... Oh, so Denver Broncos, Brisbane Broncos, Brumbies or Indianapolis Colts? I really don't like any of that. I'll say the Colts. Indianapolis Colts. Which is your favourite energy drink? Power Horse, War Horse, (laughs) Black Horse or Double Horse? (laughs) Uh, Let's go with Double Horse. Double horse. How We've actually got all those energy drinks back here in the studio, so let's just, let's just roll through them. Which of these is your favourite celebrity? Sylvester Stallone, 
I like that stallion. Uh, Phyllis Smith, Mary Berry, or Liam Coltman? <laughs> Liam Coltman, of course, I guess. Of course. Where were you born? UK, New Zealand, Australia, or other? Uh, Tamaki Makoto, Aotearoa, New Zealand. New Zealand, right. What is your favourite number? 1 to 6, 7 to 12, 13 to 18, or 19 to 24? Number 3 is my favourite number. 1 to 6. Two more questions. What gender are you? I can answer that. And how old are you? I can answer that. So the horse for you is... Hoo-ya Mel. Former Northern Hemisphere three-year-old who is now with the Waterhouse Bot Stable making his Australian debut in this year's Melbourne Cup. He has placed in eight of his nine starts with the last four of those being over 2,400 metres or over. And number 12 is currently paying for you, Captain K, $14. Written by Craig Williams, one of the great jockeys over there, was sought after in the UK with strong three-year-old form, his form around the favourite, and it's a good each-way hope. It's won a million dollars. That's actually really cool that they're doing that, to be fair. Yeah. I had a good laugh doing that. So that, that's, that's how you do it. It's on the TRB website. So where do you go, Steph, just one more time? Uh, 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 TRB website, and then it's got Melbourne Cup Hub. Melbourne Cup Following you. Hub. Yep. I'm clicking, I'm clicking, and then it's not there, okay? So you go to, pu- sorry, it's the Punter's Lounge. It's the Punter's Lounge. And then it's the fourth box down. It says, which Melbourne Cup runner is for me? Oh, brilliant. Quiz. There you go. Yeah, everyone loves a quiz. Everyone loves a quiz. Um, now, we're expecting Maddie White to come on the line, let's try him. Right, let's head across the ditch now and we'll catch up with the great man, Maddie White, over in Australia, uh, home of the Wallabies, home of, home of the Baggy Greens as well. Um, g'day, Maddie. Hello, Staffy. By that tone, that, that says to me that you're going to start this chat by telling me that you guys are on top of the world. And you know what? Deservedly so at T20. You're smashing them. We're going all right, eh? Like t- top of the yeah. table, unbeaten, uh, only the weather beat us. I can't believe how much weather's involved in uh, cricket in Australia at the moment. I'm not used to it. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? I mean, it's funny. I was out uh, at the SCG uh, doing South Africa v Bangladesh just last week, and we spent a lot of time. That was the double header where India were playing afterwards against Netherlands. And, and you spend more time, mate, quite literally looking at the skies. And this adds another complexion to T20 because it's over so quickly. But then you go, well, hang on a second. If the rain's going to come, then how do we start this match? How do we adjust to try and um, go for broke even more early on? How do we try and limit the damage a bit at the back end, knowing that the rain might come? So whilst it's a bit of a punish for uh, the spectators and with the Australian game against England the other night, you know, watching officials walk around, is not a good look for anybody, any professional sporting organisation. But it's adding a, another level of intrigue and it's bringing the run rate back in because there's no results. So to my way of thinking, as long as it doesn't bother us when we get to the back end of the tournament, mm. I think we can kind of live with it now. But seriously, the Black Caps are, are just going gangbusters. I mean, I switched on early the other night staffing and I and I was, I was thinking, gosh, Sri Lanka have got a hold here. I mean... That they, they've got you in the corner. And then it was like it was a training drill. I mean, they, they, couldn't, they couldn't clean up the ball. They couldn't catch the ball. It was bobbling in front of them. I don't know if you can blame the weather on that one. Slippery surface, maybe. But these are top-level athletes that should have been performing a lot better. And, and you guys cashed in. 
Well, one guy cashed in. I mean, the amazing thing is we got 167, but the 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 New Zealand scoreboard without Glenn Phillips was one one eight twenty two five eleven one four. So it wasn't a great batting lineup, um, and they should have had Glenn Phillips around. I think it was fifteen or sixteen. So, you know, we could have been all out for seventy. Yeah, yeah. Well, you take his one hundred four out, and your totals what sixty three. You're right. So, Sri Lanka certainly let. Mate, what is, is Glenn Phillips just going to return home as Superman? <laughs> I mean, after his heroics in the field. That's all he had to do, didn't he? He should have just put the queue away after that one, but then he backs it up with a century and a must-needed century, much-needed century. Yeah, the key to his success, and he's let the cat out of the bag, is uh, as soon as he gets up in the morning, he does 200 press-ups every single day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and well, that's all because he, he's got the heaviest bat in the team. He says, I've got to be able to swing it. <laughs> so uh, it's 200 press-ups every day. Yeah. I always worry. I always worry about people who have that kind of ability, don't you? I mean, it's one thing to think about doing that; another thing to actually do it. I mean, that that just shows that there's there's definitely a different mindset. Now, what's the talk around the ABs? So, thirty eight to thirty one over Japan. Um, we're kind of going a bit cock a hoop about beating Scotland, but we'll get to that in just a sec because, boy, that could have gone pear shaped quickly. So, what's happening in your neck of the woods? after the All Blacks got that one? Well, the closest win, or the closest Japan's ever got to New Zealand. I did a quick stat, which I mentioned to the listeners earlier, is um, like the New Zealand coaches had said, you know, a bit of ring rust, uh, haven't had much time together, etc., etc. Since the start of 2021, New Zealand have played 24 games. Since the start of 2021, Japan have played 10. Uh, Japan have played four this year. Two of them were against Uruguay. So hardly... Hardly the preparation to take on the All Blacks. Um, they, Japan were fantastic um, and could have won that game. They absolutely could have won that game. But my particular highlight, and it was a bit of a tongue-in-cheek uh, response from Kiwi coach uh, Jamie Joseph. He's been over in Japan a little while. Uh, after the game, he said he's really proud of the fellas and he was looking, looking forward to going to the nor- Northern Hemisphere to take on a better team. <laughs> 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 which Ian Foster, All Blacks coach, has said was a bit mischievous. and um, yeah. But uh, it, was a, it was a fair comment. The All Blacks were just off pace. Yeah, and, and the Wallabies, like I say, scrape home against Scotland. I found it interesting, mate, that um, you know a lot of the talk is around the missed, missed penalty goal at the death there. But, I mean, the fact of the matter is that Australia put themselves in position to lose that game again. So you take a win when you get it. Where where do the Wallabies sit in terms of scaring the All Blacks at the moment? Well, pretty much anyone scares the All Blacks at the moment, but and it's more to do with what's on our side of the ball. But the Wallabies have really struggled with depth in the last couple of years. Like their, their top fifteen is always a good side, but as soon as you go to sixteen, seventeen, or you know, in, in international rugby, you need about thirty players, and they just haven't got them. But when they get them all back, and they, I don't think Dave Rennie's had a full complement by about six players um, for a long, long time. They probably should have lost that. That was a kickable penalty by Scotland, and it was ill-disciplined. Like, they they were the most yeah. penalised size in the rugby championship, and that's born out of frustration, I think. You, you get penalised when you're frustrated, and they're playing like a frustrated side. Um, but aside of all of that, and the score against Scotland, fantastic to see Michael Hooper back. It's still one of the best open yeah. sides uh, in the world, and I'm just so stoked that... What he's been through, he's found a way to get back on the park. 
Yeah, wholeheartedly agree with that one. Now, before we go, uh, have you got a have you got a look at the Melbourne Cup tomorrow? How much interest have you got in the Cup tomorrow? And have you got an early favourite or an early look for us? Look, it's probably one of the Melbourne Cups that sort of snuck up because you guys have had that Golden Eagle and the Everest and all these other all these other fantastic races, and the Melbourne Cups just sort of snuck up on us. Um, there's horses in here that have had they come over from the UK and they've had seven starts, and you're just like, how's that going to see out the Melbourne Cup? You know, like how's it going to do that? Uh, horses. I, I like the top weight, Gold Trip. I think I don't know what the weather's yeah. going to do if it's raining. Terrible, terrible. It's, terrible. it's going to be cold and wet, and and chance of uh, um, some hail late in the afternoon. Oh well, Gold Trip will win fourteen bucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what, there's some value. There is some value at the moment. There's only one horse in single figures, and the, and the favourite is a favourite by a long shot, Doville Legend, but. I'm with you on Gold Trip. I like Gold Trip. I've been following Gold Trip throughout this campaign, and at $14 at the moment, I'm prepared to have a look at that. Good on you, mate. Good to catch up. Good on you, buddy. See you, Maddie. Is that, um, is that a, um, American experimental rock by any chance from FIFA 11? That's that's correct. <laughs> you, you know your music stuff. Oh, I was a big player of FIFA 11. Big player of FIFA. I can see the run home crew getting ready for this show. Uh, Beaver's in his um, Waiuku man cave with sun on knee. I wonder if he'll last the whole three hours from four to seven. Uh, Manai and Kirsty, it's quite funny. I was watching them before, and Manai and Kirsty were cracking up laughing. So obviously planning a ripper of a show. And Beaver was stony-faced. So I was trying to figure out what they were talking about, and I reckon they were taking the piddle out of Beaver, and he wasn't impressed. Um, but good old show, The Run Home, which will run from four to seven. I asked people to ring up if they um, had been to a Black Ferns game. No calls. But I know Captain K has been to a Black Ferns game. It looks like an awesome atmosphere. Um, pretty much everyone has been enjoying the quality of rugby. But Captain K, uh, which you went out to Waitakere, your your neck of the woods. Yes, yes, it's been it's been pretty wicked, eh? I, I haven't been to Trust for quite a while since the uh, Mystic season finished. But <laughs> what what better events to get out to than a World Cup and and this woman's Rugby World Cup? I wish I could have gone to every meet up north in Whangarei and and everywhere else it's been because it's just it's an absolute spectacle, Steph. Yeah, like it's hard to try and assimilate what the atmosphere is like when when you're at home watching on the telly and uh, but it looks like it's a good mood like we don't get this quality of women's rugby in New Zealand very often and people look like they're embracing it what's what's the mood amongst the crowd I'll tell you what when you're standing in the crowd amongst it in the in the thick of a game it gets to 70 minutes you know we want to see uh, who's going to come out in the final 10 and and the best way that I can explain it with one simple word is fun. Yeah. You know, if you're in a game and, oh, sorry, if you're in the crowd at, say, an All Blacks test, and let's use Ireland, for example, sorry, when I was there <laughs> at Eden Park, and it just felt really intense, no matter what the score was, even when we were up, it feels just really tense. And But when you go down to these Women's World Cup games, the best way to describe it is fun. Like, everyone's charhooing, everyone's chanting, everyone's having fun. The most notable thing for me, Steph, and, and I spoke to a few people uh, down at the office just down the hallway at, uh, at old NZR, and they're saying that the poi 
has actually is what's been the drawing part of this World Cup. So really? I've, yeah, and so it was it was really awesome seeing everyone and even in Whangarei there's there's farmers from all, all around the country sitting there with their poi waving it around and, and it's actually got to a point because I wanted one I felt quite jealous <laughs> I had FOMO which is fear of missing out and, and unfortunately I did miss out on, on getting myself a poi and apparently there's people back at uh, back at New Zealand Rugby down there who are staying on the weekend staying after work trying to make these poi for everyone to use oh really and so it's such a community event I mean it just it, it really takes me back to those sort of schoolboy rugby days where everyone's a family, you know, you know everyone around you. There's people coming from Canada, USA, just at that Canada USA game yesterday actually to finish off uh, the quarterfinals. You just you feel like you know everyone there and, and everyone feels connected and, and it just really does feel like a rugby community and it's it's a beautiful thing. So if you can get along to experience it, I, I really, really highly suggest that you do. Mm. A goose has just texted in saying he would have gone to a Black Ferns game with his daughter, but none in the South Island, so no chance to go. Yeah, that has been um, one. That has been a bit of a downside, hasn't it? That um, I think if they had their chance again, or whatever the restrictions were around just having them um, up here, um, you know, a game. You know, imagine a game in Hawke's Bay um, and it could have been any game just to get that chance to go along and watch uh, definitely Christchurch Dunedin a, a game at in Nelson at the Tasman Mako home ground that'd be fantastic the atmosphere but you know who knows in the future we might get another women's world cup I wonder do you reckon we'll get another men's world cup in New Zealand probably not sole hosting because we just don't have I hate this word stadia mm. <laughs> that, mm. um, that are big enough um, we've got Eden Park, Christchurch's new stadium won't be big enough. Uh, it'll be big enough for some pool games, but they go Northern Hemisphere, Southern, Northern, Southern, don't they? So we're France next, and then I think we're Australia, um, and then it'll go North again. So maybe the one after that will probably go South Africa. So we're probably a few cycles away from probably co-hosting is our best chance, I would imagine. Have you been to a Men's World Cup? Captain K? I I have. So I went in 2011 and I went to Samoa Tonga. No. Nice. I think at Eden Park. I was, a, oh, giving it away. I was only nine at that point. So I can't really <laughs> remember it too well when we won the World Cup in 2011. But it was like, yeah, you, you can compare the two. And obviously, the Men's Rugby World Cup, it's got years and years and years of history behind it and you can really feel it when you go to these games but like you were saying before Steph about having the whole country being able to experience I think it's something that really needs to happen because I can't stress this enough these women's World Cup games are some of the most fun that that you will have you know I went yesterday to to trust out in Waitakere for the two quarterfinals and the whole time I had a smile on my face you know I was watching the rugby but Majority of the time, I was just soaking in the atmosphere because it's something that I, I hadn't experienced. I've been to all sorts of sports. We just said I've been to 2011 Rugby World Cup. I've been uh, every time the Phoenix come up, I, I go and see them. I've been basketball, netball, all of this stuff, but nothing really compares. And I feel like, especially the New Zealand public, understand how much this means for the game mm, and mm. for the Black Ferns and for women's rugby all around the world. It's such a it's such an amazing opportunity to be able to go to these games. So I've been very, very lucky and definitely going to try and uh, get my hands on another pair of tickets to go again. 
Yeah, and it's probably a, a good time to remind people to get online and get your tickets for the Women's FIFA World Cup as well, which we are co-hosting. Of course, the Football Ferns playing here, and the big news when the draw was made last Saturday is the USA, the top team in the world. I think they're ranked number one, multiple World Cup winners. Um, they're based in New Zealand as well, so that would be absolutely fantastic to get along and watch those and the number of internationals that have bought tickets from offshore that are coming, they were queuing, waiting for tickets to go on sale, and there was a huge surge, and more internationally than locally, um, like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, possibly thousands of just Americans for a start. And in the UK, uh, women's football in the UK is massively popular and they're the current European champions. Uh, everyone's saying it's going to be England against America in the final, but that is going to be a massive event here in New Zealand. And I love New Zealand, any sport, hosting any world championship, be it rugby, be it football, be it uh, rowing. Uh, world Rowing Champs was fantastic when it was in Karapiro as well. I loved that, one of my favourite memories. Uh, the world the top in the world darts when they come to New Zealand. I love the best of the best being in New Zealand. So um, it's not too late to get along. Um, I'm pretty sure there's still tickets left for the semis and final for the Rugby World Cup for the women. And uh, while you're about it, do go and have a gander at the Football World Cup. Uh, Casey Berrier, who's a, a staff member here, football player herself, American, couldn't believe how cheap the tickets were. Unbelievably cheap. So go and uh, investigate that as well. Um quick break uh, on the other side don't want to give anything away but we're going to revisit show me the money from last week show you the money show me the money i need to feel you jerry show me the money jerry you better yell show me the money righto let me have it robinho well, I wasn't here. I know, but have you got the stuff, or has Keith got the stuff? Oh, I've, I've, I've got some stuff. Um, we'll, what have we'll, you got? We'll start. We'll start off with um, with something that Kiz said before uh, giving his pick. Okay. I Let- am sick and tired of Tony Kemp giving it to Sammy Hewitt for losing out last week and picking an anytime try scorer in the Kiwis game. I'm going the same way and proving Tony Kemp that we can do it on Afternoons with Staffy here. Bit of an omen to Sammy here. New Zealand versus Ireland. Kiwis taking on Ireland. Mm. I like the look of Dylan Brown. Anytime try scorer at two bucks. Show me that money, Sammy. Show me the money. Righto. How did um, that go? Yeah, now nah, he scored. Show me the money. Let's move on. To the- <laughs> Hughes just picked up a pass. Brown. Brown is through. He's got He, pa- he passed the ball. Should have gone himself. Never wanted a player to be more selfish than in that moment. <laughs> you two around him. Take it, Dylan. Take it hard. But yeah, all right. Does, uh, that doesn't mean I have to retire, though, does it? Not yet. Okay, good. Not good. yet. Oh, hang on. But I'm sorry, Tony Kemp. I do apologise. I will take it back. I get there, Wanda. I'm going to stay away from the Kiwis. Let's move on. Stop embarrassing me. Moving on. Moving on, what what else did you have? You had the the Danish golfer. I had the Danish golfer Thor Bjorn Thor Bjorn. Oh, Olsen. Olsen, yes. Yeah. Uh, missed the cut. Missed the cut by two. Not great news. Uh, right. Not great news. So that's O from two. Yep. And then and then we had had the rugby. 
we had the listener. Yeah, so the listener said we didn't have the All Black team, so he said I want to take the starting hooker anytime try, which was Dane Coles, but it hadn't been named at that stage. And we were like in the fourth league because Sam's resigned from Show Me The Money. He's taken a month's probation and said, um, <clears throat> and said, we'll take one of the – we had Peter Fenimore on, who's a wonderful greyhound tipster, and he gave us four dogs. So we said, let's take the one that was paying the least, and it was $2.10, and it got skittled at the start and came last. Not Peter's fault. All the other three won, but that one lost. Oh, from three. And then uh, Dane Coles, uh, we put it on Dane Coles, and of course it was a refund because he didn't start. So success. So it was sort of none out of three, not none out of four. So, jeez, yeah. what a come oh, well. crash Go back again. to earth after Go again Thursday. being Nelson Asafa Solomona inches away from a ten thousand plus uh, scoreline. Amazing. Um, just before our last break, I'm just going to rattle through for you because I know there's a lot of. NFL fans out there, the scores from the week. So the, the um, what did you say, Kieran? Oh, turn, turn your phones off. Yeah, turn turn your radios down if you're following the NFL because there's a game on at the moment. That'll Phil. be the that'll be the last one. I give Phil from St George's Kennels. Uh, Seahawks beat the Giants twenty seven thirteen. Um, the Forty uh, Niners. Beat the Rams, 31-14. The Commanders squeaked home over the Colts, 17-16. 17 points also to the Titans, beating the Texans, 17-10. A big win to the Eagles. They go 7-0, 35-13 against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, then we saw the Patriots, 22. The Jets, 17. Into the Saints, they beat the Raiders, 24 blob, 0 don't often get zero in the NFL. Uh, the Vikings, 34, beat the Cards at 26. The Vikings go to 6-1. and one. Um, The Dolphins beat the Lions, 31-27. Big score for the Cowboys. 49 points they racked up. And the Bears racked up a few points themselves with 29, but the Cowboys getting the win there. Uh, the Falcons in a high-scoring but tight game, 37-34 over the Panthers. Broncos beat the Jaguars 21-17. The Ravens beat the Buccaneers 27-22. Um, to the current game, which sees my Buffalo Bills leading the pack, the Cheeseheads. The Bills are leading 27-10. 10 minutes to go in the last quarter. And tomorrow is... Uh, Monday Night Football over there sees the Cleveland Browns. I think they're hosting. Yes, they're hosting the Cincinnati Bengals. The Browns are two and five, and the Bengals are four and three. So that is the NFL scores wrap up for you. The run home is coming up soon, but before that, we'll have one more break and we'll have a look back in the day at some momentous things that happened on October the 31st, years gone by. October 31, what's happened back in the day? 1987, the first World Cup hat-trick ever was taken by Indian spinner Chetan Sharma during a World Cup match against who? Us in Nagpur. He took Ken Rutherford, Ian Smith, Newen Chatfield with the last three balls of his sixth over. India beat us by the narrow margin of nine wickets. I feel like going home now. 1997, Bill Schumacher retired from his second career in racing. 
Bill Schumacher, of course, rode nearly 9,000 winners as a jockey. Then he became a trainer, and he had a car accident a year later that left him paralysed from the neck down, but he returned to work after five months of rehab, went on to train another 90 winners before his second retirement. 2006, in by far the worst loss in NBA history for a defending champion on opening night, the Miami Heat were pumped by 40 points. 40 points by the Chicago Bulls just after they received their championship rings in a ceremony in Miami. Oh, that brings you back to earth. In 2010, uh, after nearly five years as the Gulf's top-ranked player, Tiger Woods lost his number one status to Lee Westwood, who became first European in 16 years to become number one. 2010, Lee Westwood, number one. Birthdays today. Happy birthday to Ian Walker. He's a former England goalkeeper. Phil Tatarangi, New Zealand pro golfer. Happy birthday, Phil. Charles Pietau, playing his trade over there in the UK. Former All Black. Uh, Ish Sodi, 30 years old today. Catch it in the air. Take it. What a catch that is from Sodi. Diving to his right. That is a good grab. Ah, it's knocked him over. It's the wrong one this time. Oh, good on you, Ish. Happy birthday, champion. On this day in 1999, the number one movie was House on Haunted Hill. And the number one song was this. Yes, Rob Thomas and Santana with Smooth. Uh, The run home is coming up tomorrow. We have a Melbourne Cup Day special. We have got on our show Jimmy Cassidy and Noel Harris. It's going to be a beaut. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.